Welcome to Silver <clears throat> and Gold. Uh, this is the pain in the ass episode, it seems. Uh, as just about everything, uh, I had a day off and uh, my iPad, some of the apps and stuff on there were running, I don't know, just running kind of crappy. Sometimes they would lock up and uh, I thought, well, you know, I haven't restored it um, in quite a while try and keep all the cookies and all that shit off there, but I uh, I decided, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and just resp- restore it and, you know, from the uh, backups and everything. What a pain in the ass that is. It is a fucking total pain in the ass. Um, I took off, I went to like my movies and my TV shows and everything, and I removed everything. And um, because if you don't, then when it restores, it will sit there and try and put, and, and put everything... Of course, you know, anything you have on there, it's going to put it back on there. And uh, it really, when, you, you know, I had about, I don't know, five or six movies on there. and um, But there were ones that I've already watched or that, you know, I've seen. And I just thought, okay, they weren't rentals, so I... You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to take these off here because when it comes back up, you want it to come back up. Uh, it takes a while anyway because it has to add back on every one of your apps. Uh, it has to add on, you know, all your pictures and all that stuff. So when you take that shit off, or if you don't take that shit off, it will add back on all the music and all the movies or TV shows you have on there. And, you know, I'm going over Wi-Fi, and my Wi-Fi is fast enough, like, to stream and stuff like that. Like, Netflix and YouTube and, and things like that, it, it really doesn't take that long. It, I guess it depends on, you know, the quality of the of the download. If it's just a you know, streaming service, I'm okay, even to download from Netflix. But if it's if you get, like, HD movies and things like that, it takes a while. So, you know, I might put, say, if I was downloading three movies from iTunes that I purchased. So it's a, you know, good quality HD movie. Um, you know, I might start them up and then go to bed and wake up like eight hours later and, and they're finally done. But it takes a while. So when you're, when you restore your fucking iPad or your device, whatever it is, um, if you own those movies, you might want to take them off and just add them on once the things back up and you got all your shit back up. Because if you don't, those fucking things will start to download every single one of them, and you can't stop them, you can't pause them, or anything. So then when your your apps are trying to download back on there, I'm sitting there and I'm like, why are these fucking apps? It is taking forever. What the fuck? You know, and and so you can pause those. So I paused all of them and was just doing one at a time, and it still was taking fucking forever. So I go back over to um, my... um, I think it was uh, my iTunes store. And when I clicked on it, down at the bottom it said that I was downloading 10 fucking items. Okay, it was this, um, it was a, a CD or, you know, music, that, 10 songs that I had downloaded, that, and I forgot to take them off. So you got to do all those. It's downloading all those at the exact same time, not one at a time or anything. You can't pause them. You can't do, like, you know, one at a time. And then... Um, I thought, okay, well, fuck. So those finally got done, and then I go back in, and it's still running slow as shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are these running so goddamn slow? Each app, it, it, 
I still, I think since, uh, I'm trying to think what time I started that. Uh, and it came back up and it started downloading those apps. It was like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning and it's like 8 now. And like one fucking app has downloaded since then. So I just was like, fuck it. You know, and I went back. But I, what I did was I went back into my uh, iTunes store and all that music had downloaded. But it showed that I was still downloading something. I go in there and this the fucking movie Detroit was fucking downloading. And I was like, no, wait a minute. I went to downloads and I fucking everything it said everything that was downloaded and I deleted every fucking single thing. And that goddamn movie's on there fucking downloading, which is holding up the works on everything. So anyway, so I, I usually record on my old desktop anyway, which is the only thing I use this desktop for is to record the goddamn fucking show. And I've got my phone and everything, so um I, I was just getting frustrated, and I thought, you know what, I might just go ahead and record a fucking show, because it's going to take forever for that shit to come back up. And, oh my god, my back, I don't know, I swear to god, I, I, I have convinced myself that I have some kind of a fucking tumor or something. <laughs> but I know it's just my, my, uh, my back is out of alignment, because it feels like like my rib, at least one one of my ribs, or a couple of them, or something... On my back might be out a little bit, and I'm trying to. Ugh, I'm constantly just trying to stretch, and oh, as I'm doing it, and and my spine will just crack and pop and crack and pop. I hang upside down on the fucking um, what you call it, the inversion table. Uh, at a slight decline the other day, I was hanging completely upside down because I kept feeling like if I sit down and I have both my feet up. I feel this pain that's run, not a pain, but, well, kind of, but just like this dull ache that runs down my right, um, like hip into my leg. So I think it's this fucking sciatic nerve or whatever. But there's something out, and it will not fucking go back in. And I'm uh, when I'm laying down sleeping, I swear to God, when I go to roll over, I literally something will will catch or you know kind of grab me back there. Uh, in like that rib area, uh, and man, I, it'll literally make me kind of go, mm, you know. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? So then I convince myself I probably have, I'm probably just full of fucking tumors and I'm dying. Uh, which you know, who knows? Maybe I am. You never know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I did. Hey, I actually did. I have some content, so I don't know what the fuck. Last time, you know, I listened to the show that I just recorded before Christmas. And again, that one was on the spur of the moment. But I had not been doing anything. Uh, anything, no, nothing had happened, you know. So I didn't have that much to talk about. I still talk forever. But um, I listened to that show, and that show sucked. It was just like, you know, I'm lo- I'm looking up everything as I'm doing the show. I can't remember shit. I have no fucking stories about anything to tell, about anything interesting, funny, or fun. And so it was pretty shitty, so I apologize for that show. And I actually listened to the goddamn thing from beginning to end. I don't know why. Uh, but then... <laughs> Calm down. Wait a minute. I bought this Folgers... Um, instant uh, French vanilla coffee. I'm going to try that. I haven't been drinking... Well, I've been drinking like one cup of uh, dark roast uh, with a little bit, little hazelnut creamer in it at work. One one cup a night. And that's more like uh, four 
uh, like maintenance to to fucking stay awake. But then when you are drinking that, it's like it just becomes like a habit. I don't want any more than one cup, but when I get there, I get all my stuff done, and then I go over and I have to make my little Keurig, uh, you know, cup of coffee. But, um, okay, let's. The, the first thing is Christmas just happened, right? So I do have a whole bunch of fucking movies and shit that uh, I I did not get for Christmas, but I actually, you know, uh, what do you call it? The Hall, where uh, Black. Friday, I bought a bunch of shit, and I actually went and got them and put them in here. So I will be prepared to tell you about the different movies that I bought there. Um, but went to my sister has. We started this tradition like a couple, a few years ago, uh, much like a Christmas story where the family had to go to the goddamn Chinese restaurant because all the neighborhood dogs somehow got in their kitchen and ate all the turkey and all this shit. So we started going to this Chinese restaurant, this Chinese buffet. Um, It's probably right in the middle, as far as distance-wise goes, between my house and their house. And it may take me maybe like 10 minutes to run over there. And, you know, same probably for them. And uh, so she was like, you know, hey, do you want to do the uh, traditional, you know, Chinese restaurant on... uh, Christmas Eve, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, I have to work, but let's let's go ahead and do it, and uh, I'll just meet you over there, and she goes, well, we're just going to get carry out and bring it back to the house, so do you want to just come over, and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> okay, now I don't know if I've talked about this before, because I can't remember half the shit I've talked about, because we've done so many fucking shows, um, they have a an Australian Shepherd dog. Now, this dog, Australian Shepherds have this instinct to herd. And they will try and herd you. And what I mean by try and herd you is, if you're standing up, these motherfuckers, like they do sheep... I, my neighbor has an Australian cattle dog, or a blue heeler. They're kind of basically the same thing. And he does the same thing. He would do it to my dogs. They fucking crouch down and they sneak up behind you, sneak up behind Chief and Mary, and they nip at the back of your legs to try and like get the sheep or the cattle or whatever to go where they wanted to go. They herd. Well, this fucking dog, <laughs> and I love dogs, um, it does that. Now, I don't know how many times I've been over there, and you're standing there, and if you have like a pair of jeans on, you'll feel something, some you know, like fucking come up and nip the back of your jeans. And sometimes it'll get like the skin underneath a little bit. And I'm like, and I would always say, hey, that motherfucker, God damn it, just fucking bit me. And it's like, oh, he's just trying to herd you. Da, 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 da. Which, you know, okay. Um, after like a few times of that over like say two or three years where somebody is like, hey, that motherfucker is biting me. He's fucking biting me. I would think, and and then you get the excuses, which are like, um, uh, well, you know, my nephew. Well, he comes over and he doesn't do anything to him, and this one, you know. And I'm like, listen, I don't give a fuck. 
if he doesn't bite any goddamn other person on the fucking planet Earth. He is fucking biting the back of my goddamn legs. Sometimes he just gets my pants leg, but it's still, it startles you, and you want to turn around and be like, hey, motherfucker. You know, to the dog, hey, motherfucker, back off. So anyway, um, I went over there, and when I first got there, I uh, went in, and, and uh, he's another one. As soon as you get there, he just starts fucking barking like crazy. But if you sit down... He will come over, and he's just real loving and friendly. He'll get right up and jump right up beside you and roll over on his belly, and he's a little chubby fucking furry dog. Really pretty, you know. Uh, The Australian Shepherds have this really uh, patchy kind of different colored fur, but it's really kind of unique looking, and they look really cool. Or, you know, just really cute and everything. But and he'll get up there and you can just pet his belly and everything and he just he just does not want you to stand up. So I get in the door and this fucker is just barking at me, bark, 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 bark you know. And I'm like Jesus Christ. So I said, okay, you know, where do you want me get? Where do you want me to go? So I went in and I fucking um, went in and sat on the couch. And then they were ready to eat, so they said, well, let's go in here. And he came over and got up there and I was petting him and everything. And not mean or anything. He just he's some like when he when you're sitting down, he's submissive. He'll roll over on his back and you rub his big old belly and everything. Well, so they said, "Well, come in, let's eat." And so we is this goddamn thing working? Or, okay, it, it paused for a second. This old fucking terminal. I have a couple of scans running too. It hadn't uh, run any um, security scans in in a while, so it was kind of just stopping for supply. Plus, plus probably in there in the other goddamn room that fuckers trying to download Detroit. <laughs> Everything's slowing up. But okay, so they said, "Well, once you know, let's let's eat." So. I said, okay, so I get up and go in the fucking dining room where the food is, and this motherfucker, you don't see it coming. It's like the goddamn Viet Cong or something. He fucking sneaks up behind me and bites me on the back of the goddamn calf. And I felt it. I mean, it wasn't just getting my pants. I felt his teeth, like, nipping me and getting my skin. And I was like, God fucking damn it, that fucker just bit me. So they were like, you know, okay, well, you know, just come here and sit down and everything. And, they, and you know, kind of like, hey, telling the dog, you know, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. So we're sitting there talking and we're having a good time and we're eating and everything. And I hadn't seen him in a while because I don't go over there because the goddamn dog fucking biting me. And that's the truth. I haven't been over there since last Christmas because every time I go over there, you know, you're on edge. Because, you know, if this fucker's going to come over and, like, fucking nip at, nip at you or whatever. So we're sitting there and we're talking and just joking and having a good time and everything. And this is after we eat. And um, I was pantomiming something. I was telling somebody about somebody dancing or something. And I said, it's not like I said, like if you go out and go to like a club or something, like back in the day, you know, I used to go out. I didn't drink or anything, but my friend owned the bar and it was a, a dance club or whatever. And, you know, um, I said that's a good way to meet girls, you know. Most most girls, I'm not saying all, but most girls they like to dance, and you know most guys hate to fucking dance. But I said you don't have to be John Travolta, and you know you go up and say, hey, you know you want to dance or something like that. It's a good way to go out there, fucking move around. And I said you can just do the, you know, you don't have to fucking have all these moves. You just do, and I called it the white boy dance, where you don't move your feet and you just kind of, you know, groove to the music, and um. I stand up and I'm doing that, 
And all of a sudden, I this motherfucker, as soon as I stood up, I didn't see him coming. I didn't even know where he was. He must have crouched down and came up, sneaking up behind me, and that fucker bit me on the back of the other leg. And I, I mean, this time, I really felt it. And I was like, motherfucker. I said, God damn, that son of a bitch just fucking bit me again. So then, okay, I'm... It's just natural to me. It's like a natural thing that it's be like if somebody came up and just slapped you upside the head. I mean, you're just before you even think, you're just like you know, motherfucker. And I and and then I'm I'm mad because the fucker bit me, and I'm mad because you know it's like hey, this fucker keeps biting me, and it's your fucking dog. You know, could you please put him in the other fucking room or something? So anyway. You know, my niece goes over and picks him up, and they're scolding the dog and everything. And, you know, after that, you know, I, I said, it's okay, you know. Well, he came over to me, and I fucking, uh, I was, I sat back down, and the fucker came over there, and I was like, hey, you know, I don't know if he's going to bite me again or what. And I kind of gave him a boot. You know, he came over, and I was like, hey, get the fuck away from me, you son of a bitch, because I didn't know if he was going to come over and bite me again. So then I end up... um you know, I was like, hey, it's okay. You know, I understand that he's a herding dog and everything, but I said, he's fucking biting me. And I said, you know, it's, it's, you know, this, and I, you know, I didn't want to get in a big fight or whatever. But anyway, so then I was like, you know, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and go home. You know, to, I have to work anyway. And um, the next day was Christmas. So they said, well, we'll, you know, we're going to put him up tomorrow. We'll put him in his kennel or put him in the other room or whatever. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I go home and, you know, I think like it was like a couple hours later. I had to go to work, hour and a half maybe. I wanted to lay down and take a nap. And then I have to get up and take my shower and shave and everything go to work. And I go in there and I take my jeans off. And there's blood fucking going down my leg. This fucker, he bit me hard enough he broke the fucking skin. It wasn't a lot, but I mean he broke the fucking skin. So And it was sore too. Well, she told me, she goes, he's had his rabies shot. And I was like, well, that's nice. And I'm glad because that would suck to have to go get rabies shots. But this fucker, you know. I'm, uh, and I even told her when I went over there. I said, listen, I, I even read in a magazine at my that while Mary and Chief were getting their shots that a lot of people whether their dog is prone to bite or nip or whatever even if their dog doesn't when they go out they have these rubber muzzles and they're almost completely open except in the front where they could grab a hold of you and to get them trained to wear it and everything they'll even put peanut butter there in the end so you know they'll get used to it being on and they won't not like it and you do it they were telling how to do it so they get used to it and it's not a big thing and they just get used to wearing it all the time that way there's no liability no matter what because sometimes dogs can be aggressive to other dogs dogs can be aggressive to cats and be okay with dogs they can be okay with cats and not dogs they can be okay with uh males humans but not females like some dogs if they've been abused by a male they will be aggressive as shit to a man but a woman they'll you know whatever so the, a lot of people are starting to put those on their dogs when they take them for a walk uh, and that's one thing when we went to myrtle beach this past summer i would get up really early when the sun would come up and i'd go walk uh, you know, I just like to, I wake up early anyway, and I like to go get some exercise. Plus, just walking around the neighborhood, it's nice, you know, down there, and just seeing everybody, all the houses, and all the stuff, and everything. 
<coughs> excuse me. And um, there was a woman, and I would say she was probably maybe in her early 60s, and she had these two pit bulls on a leash, and she was walking them. Well, every day I would walk by the same way on the sidewalk, and these two older guys, they'd be sitting out on their porch drinking their morning coffee, and I'd be like, hey, how you doing, you know, just keep going, just be friendly, meet some people and everything, talk a little bit or whatever. And she was talking to them. Well, I mean, I was probably 50 yards away, and as soon as they fucking saw me, these this big black one just starts to, oh, 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 and like he, if she would have let go of that goddamn leash, that motherfucker would have run down there and probably tried to kill me. Well, the other one starts, which was like a tan color, it starts barking, and when it starts barking, the black one turns around to it and like fucking is like, Rah! like it's going to jump on the other dog, like puts it in its place, like I'm the only one that barks at this motherfucker, you know, not you. And I'm like, fuck. So I walked out in the street and made a great big, gave him a great big berth, go all the way out around. And I just started thinking, you know, shit, if those fucking dogs would have gotten loose from that woman, you know, you see on TV where these people where, you know, they'll let their dog go without a leash or whatever, or who knows what, and they attack people. And I got that feeling. I was like, fuck, man. And they were big. I mean, they were big, fucking strong-looking fucking pit bulls. And um, I thought the same thing there. You know, you want to take your dog for a walk. And I'm not the kind of person that thinks all pit bulls are mean or anything like that. There's some of them, they're, they're very aggressive to other dogs, but they're fine with people. There's some of them that are aggressive with fucking people. But no matter what, Say, for example, in that situation, if she would have had, like, one of those muzzle things on there, yeah, the dogs are big and scary, and they're going, you know, and everything, like they're going to fucking rip your goddamn, but there's no way that they can, because their mouths are inside this thing, and they can breathe, they can open their mouths, they even have, like, you can even put water, like, uh, like I said, the whole side of it's completely open. It's just this, this, the snoot, the snout, and everything, and it's not clamped down. They can breathe, open their mouths. You can give them water and everything. They can even drink because they'll have holes drilled all the way through the end of that thing. So if they went, if they went and there was a bowl of water, the they get down in and the water will come right, you know, everything. So anyway, the goddamn dog saw guy got bit by a fucking dog twice on fucking Christmas Eve. So that was a hoot. And then I, everybody was really nice to me the next day. <laughs> But we had a good time. Um, had some good food and everything. I, I got off work at like seven o'clock in the morning, and I didn't figure. I don't think they were. We were going to eat until like one, and I I didn't eat anything at work, so I was really hungry. And I came home and I ate something. Well, then you know I laid down and went right to sleep. Woke up and fucking got my shit on and went over there. Well, you know, I. I really wasn't super hungry, but I ate some. And my brother-in-law is a really good cook, and he cooks a big spread, and it was really good. My uncle was there, and he's my dad's brother. He's a couple years older than my my dad, and he's usually funny. He was telling some uh, some close calls with uh, sharding and having diarrhea while driving, trying to make it home, uh, and tell telling my dad. Uh, don't stop for those stop signs, you know. I, I, I'll pay for, if you get a ticket. I'll fucking pay for it. Just keep going. And he was saying that he was like unsnapping and unzipping his pants so he would be ready as soon as my dad pulled up in front of his house. 
then he's going up there trying, you know, when you have to pee real bad, you're trying to get the key in the fucking door, and it's like, you know. So we got we got some funny stories like that. It's always funny to get some good sharding, um, sharding or diarrhea stories for Christmas. <laughs> but anyway, that was funny. So we had a good time. My sister was a little bit smashed. She was drinking uh, moonshine. She, even when I went over there Christmas Eve, she she uh, when she called me, she said, "Are you coming?" I said, "I'm on my way." And she goes, "Well, I just want you to know." I, I had some moonshine, and it's not, I don't think, it's, it's not like real moonshine, it's like they sell it over the counter in the liquor stores here, and it comes in like a mason jar, like you would buy moonshine, but it's a company, it's a distillery, and a company that makes, uh, you know, alcohol, or spirits, and it's sold over the counter, it's, you know, moonshine is is illegal, because, you know, people make that illegally, and, and there's, pay no taxes and shit on it. Um, so anyway, had a good time there, other than getting bit by the goddamn dog. And and again, it, you know, I don't want to get, and and even the dog, you know, I I feel bad. Like I don't want to fucking kick the dog or be mean to the dog, but and and I don't, you know, want to be even mean to my sister. I mean, I'm sure they feel fucking bad too. So everybody felt bad. Uh, they just need to fucking either train the dog or put it up, you know, when people come over. Um, I yesterday. Now this is another thing. Like I said, didn't have anything to talk about. Now I do. <laughs> That's why I figured I'd do this show. Now you know I'm fucking half hour in right now, and I haven't shut up. Uh, I laid down to go to bed, and uh, which you know for me is like in the afternoon because I work midnight shift, um, and I hear the dogs just going berserk, and I'm like, oh Jesus fucking Christ! As soon as I fucking lay down, all the time. This old lady that lives across the street, she will bring like a whole bunch of food over to give to the dogs, and she'll she only lives like three houses down down the street. She used to she'd walk down, but she's really fucking old. She's probably ninety. Well, she'll get in her car and drive down, turn around, and come back, pull up the, to my fence, and she'll bring all these leftovers and stuff and just dump them over the fence, and the dogs go nuts when they see her even coming. If they see her walk out of her house, they get, start barking. And they'll bark, and until she comes down, she pets them. She loves my dogs, and um, which I'm glad, I'm grateful, and I and you know I'll see her out there, and I'm like, hi, how are you? You know, and everything. She loves the dogs, um, um, but I heard him carrying on, and it and usually I'm I'm thinking, okay, it's probably the guy coming to check the water meter or the gas meter or that lady, um, maybe somebody walking by, but it just kept going on, and I heard growling. And usually I don't hear growling unless somebody's fucking with them or something. And if somebody's fucking with them, I want to get up because I want to go out there and, and, you know, fucking basically tell whoever's doing it, listen, don't fuck with my fucking dogs or I will fuck with you. So I get up and I look, and Chief is just sitting right by the fence, and he's nose to nose uh, with this little animal. And Mary's going nuts. She's barking. She's running around the entire yard, come running up there with her hair on her fucking back, standing up, growling and barking. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look, and I thought it was like a, um, a uh, what do you call it? Like a, sh- not a shizu, but like a little fat dog. It was a pig. <laughs> and I look, and I'm like, the- holy shit, that looks like a fucking pig. Okay, now I do live in a rural, rural community. Okay, it's a little old coal mining town. The houses were built back in like the 20s, I think. Little tiny coal houses. If you watch the movie Mate One, you know, that's where like little tiny 
almost like a little tiny village that I live in. But, you know, there's no farms. I mean, if there's farms, they're they're down the road or up on the hill or something like that. I don't know how to explain it. But it's still a town. Here's this fucking pig. So I get my shit on. I'm, you know, put my fucking sweats on and a pair of tennis shoes and a little jacket. Philadelphia Flyers who have sucked, but that's my team. And I go out there, and there's this fucking little pig out there. Now, I'm assuming it's like a pot belly pig, but it was brown. It was hairy, and it was brown like hair. And Chief's like fucking making friends with it. Mary's looking at it like, oh my god, a walking, talking fucking ham sandwich, because she loves to eat, and she's a killer. She's a hunter. She's not mean, like with people and stuff. She's not the kind of person that would growl at a person. She just loves people. She wants, you know, people to pet her, and she loves to make friends and everything. But she has killed a. a wait a minute, what the fuck? Don't you time out on me, you bastard! Uh, she has killed ra- uh, rabbits to get in the yard, and you know, I saw her one time gra- grab a, grab this rabbit, and she was going to kill it. She she wants to play with it. It's her instinct. She just runs over and she fucking, you know. And then she wants to walk around and carry it around and play with it. And birds and stuff like that. I'll find dead birds out there. And, you know, um, she's, a, she's a fucking hunter. And she has the bloodlust. <laughs> well, I kept telling her, I was like, shut the fuck, Mary, shut the fuck up. Because I wanted to go out and see this pig. So, plus, you know, I'm thinking, okay, there, I don't think there was any neighbors. It's New Year's Eve, and I think everybody's out of town or at work. And um, so... I finally get to step over the fence, and I'm and I go over there, and it kind of walked away a little bit. It had this little fucking pig pigtail. Now the you know, pig they always make it like a little curly tail. What was it? When it would like a dog, it would fucking wag its tail. You could tell, but if if I tried to get too close, then it would the tail would just go straight and be hanging down. And I so I kept my distance, and I just kind of went over there, and I crouched down, and I was like, you know, calling it over there, doing all kinds of stupid shit, like making pig noises. It's on my fucking. I I, I took a video of it and put it on my fucking Facebook page. But anyway, I'm sitting there going, you know, you know, come here, pig, you know, and I'm going, <laughs> making noises. Well, it was grunting. It it didn't snort like go. It was going like that, you know, and then it would go and, you know, they, they put their snout down in the ground and they sniff and they root around trying to get like whatever, I don't know, bugs or nuts or whatever they, they're eating, they'll fucking probably eat anything. Well, finally, I crouched down and Chief was over there and I wasn't making any noise or and it came back over and I was calling it and, you know, and it came over and it got close enough that um, I help, you know, when you put your hand up to a dog so it can smell your hand and it's a little leery. And I put my hand up there and it came over and it sniffed my hand and I touched its little pig snout, <laughs> which I thought was cool. I wanted it to come over closer because I wanted to pet it, you know. And um, But it, it came over for just a little and then, you know, it kind of walked down, walked away. And, and I was like, you know, come here, pig, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a fucking pig. But, you know, pigs are supposed to be as smart as dogs, and they probably are. But this pig was there, you know, it's like, fuck a pig. You know, what the fuck? So then anyway, it ended up going down um, to the end of the of the, uh, the grass there, and then the road turns and goes up around. And it went over on the other side of my hollow, which around here you would call it a holler. And it's just like, a, you know, a big fucking... Uh, I don't know how to explain. You know, hollow. It's trees and everything and stuff in down, down in there. It's not real huge, but... Um, so I don't know if it, it's down in there living. I don't know if it's somebody over there on the other side in the houses, if it's their pet, 
or what, but we have a pig. And I, I may never see it again. I don't know. But it was kind of, it was interesting, you know. I've never fucking been, I don't think I've ever, unless it was at like a uh, petting zoo or something when I was a kid, I don't think I've ever been around like pigs. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so, I have watched some movies. Let's see if there's anything else going on. Well, a friend of mine at work, this is another thing, and I posted this, I think, on Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, which brings class to trash since 1977. Um, a friend of mine at work, and I would say he's got to be like 40, 41 maybe, and I'm talking about Peter Fonda because he likes music, but he's the, he's the one that uh, hates Peter Frampton and hates Kiss. He he loves Guns N' Roses is his favorite group. He's went to see Slash. Uh, I don't know how many times. If Slash is playing anywhere within like a fucking six hours, and you know usually Slash, I mean it's not like a big venue. He'll play like in, in like fucking small venues and bars and stuff like that. And um, so he loves Slash. That's his favorite. He loved Guns N' Roses. Um, trying to think like like I said, I know he hates Peter Frampton. He hates Kiss. Um. But, like, I was show, showing him some um, videos the other day of Keith Richards singing. Because I have, like, a couple of Keith Richards solo uh, albums. And also, Keith Richards, uh, during a concert, when Mick wants to, you know, they want to give him a break. You know, they do that in, like, a big concert where, like, if the, they'll give a, the drummer a drum solo or something like that where everybody can go off stage, change their clothes, or get a drink, or fuck a groupie, or get a blowjob from a mom and daughter underneath the stage or something like that. And Keith Richards had a couple songs with the Rolling Stones, uh, Happy and Little TNA. And I said, have you ever heard, you know, Little TNA, that song Little TNA that Keith Richards does? And so I played very, and he said he'd never heard it. And he goes, if they would have played that, I would have never known that that was Keith Richards. So anyway, so that got him interested and. um and then I was what who was the other person I was saying talking about? Oh well Ron Wood, when he was with the Faces, uh he did that song Ooh La La. And Rod Stewart was the lead singer, but you know, so Ron Wood sings too, and he sings the backup when on the video I was watching, which was from like I think early nineties maybe, of uh, the Stones. Ron Wood's up there and he's saying so it was kinda cool because Mick goes off the stage, you know. He's like uh Here's Keith Richards going to do a little song for your little tie and I, you know. That was pretty good. So anyway, we were talking, and I mentioned um, he likes, um, like, you know, older music, older rock and roll, you know, and especially someone who is um, musically gifted as far as being a guitar player, you know, like legendary stuff like, I don't know, like Crosby, Stills, Nash, or Leonard Skinnerd. um that write their own music, and but he has a certain style and stuff, but he also has a sense of humor. If I show him Casey and the Sunshine Band, or uh, you know, Bismarcky, or uh, uh, that, that one video with the, the guy, the street performer that has the, uh, looks like a unicorn, and he's like, I am the master. The master. Oh, the master. And he loves guitar. Uh, that's what gets me that he hates Peter. I think he read in a magazine that Peter Frampton was a dick or something, and I, so he hates Peter Frampton. But Peter Frampton's a really good guitar player. I mean, like a very good guitar player. Uh, even you know during the Frampton Comes Alive days, but even before that when he was in Humble Pie. Plus, I mean, he's such a good guitar player that like David Bowie actually had him 
played the lead guitar at, during one of his tours for him. And um, so he's, you know, say what you want about Peter Frampton. Fucking, he sold a shitload of fucking albums that Frampton Comes Alive. And, you know, he's pretty much, he's a legend whether you like him or not. And so I was talking about Peter Fonda. And I'm I'm rereading that Peter Fonda uh, biography that I have, which I recommend to everybody. And um, it's the one that he, you know, autobiography wrote himself. And um, he, when he was young, before they did Easy Rider, now of course he's, you know, uh, he's in movies. He was in that one movie with uh, George Hamilton, and it was a World War II movie. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's okay. It's not great. George Pappard's in it, too. I think maybe George Pappard, not George Hamilton. But anyway, um, Peter Fonda it has like a... He's not one of the main guys. It'd be, it'd be like if you were in the, the Dirty Dozen, and it wasn't like... The, okay, the Dirty Dozen, the main guys were like Telly Savalas, Clint Walker... Uh, well, okay, let's 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 put it this way. Okay, like Magnificent Seven. Uh, Peter Fonda was. He, it would be like if he was in the Magnificent Seven, but he wasn't Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, or even maybe Robert Vaughn, but more like the uh, you know the, the what's his name that hang around with Frank Sinatra all the time. Whatever. So you you get my point. It's, he was really young, so I mean he was not um, a huge star or anything, but he's still in the movies. He's Henry Fonda's son. Uh, son. But he was hanging out with Roger McGuinn, at, uh, who was in The Birds, um, and some other you know famous musicians. So it comes up that you know the guy says, uh, "Well, he goes, I don't get Peter Fonda. He goes, did he ever do anything but Easy Rider?" So I started telling him all about this. I may have said something about this in the last show because I remember talking about Peter Frampton. That's why I brought it up again because somebody made a comment that they thought it was funny when I was talking about how this guy hated Peter Frampton. But anyway, so he says, um, you know, another guy, because I told him, you know, and I do remember talking about this, that you know, about Tulane Blacktop, and um, or not Tulane Blacktop, that's War Notes, but um, about, you know, uh, uh, Race with the Devil, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, Yuli's Gold, uh, The Hired Hand, and things like that. So Peter Fonda has made some good movies. And he's been, uh, now that he's gotten older, he's played some bit parts in, in, uh, in some, you know, Good uh, westerns and things like that. I think he was in. Um, it was it uh, three ten to Yuma. Maybe he had a small part in that. And uh, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so he comes across and he says, um, "Another guy I don't get is Jack Nicholson." He goes, "I just don't get it." He goes, "He's I don't think he's that great." He, he he you know what the hell else, what is what has he done you know yeah he was in that he goes he was in that batman movie <coughs> and he goes and you know he was in that one you know you can't handle the truth so you know a few good men and um was that a few good men <laughs> fuck i just i just had a brain fart i'm like is that the name of that fucking movie but anyway I'm, i i digress i'm not going to look it up i don't care um so i was telling him i said no and he said yeah fucking Jack Nicholson's really good. I said, you know, yeah, I said, like Chinatown. I said, that's one of the best movies ever made, you know. And, um, you know, just telling him about, just a, you know, some different movies. Well, I think what it is with, with him with that was, because some of the movies he was bringing up, I don't think that he had really seen that many Jack Nicholson movies, like the classic Jack Nicholson movies. Um, I was telling about carnal knowledge and stuff, but he was talking about like Witches of Eastwick and, uh, you know, like the those, um, 
maybe like like I said after Batman where he's making you know kind of some shit <laughs> wolf or you know the one with the wolf man and uh, uh, stuff like that so anyway it just amazed me I'm like what the fuck I, everybody's got a they're entitled to their opinion but fuck I think it's pretty you know Jack Nicholson is the slash of you know no I don't know about that I was just hearing somebody talk about uh, on Howard Stern uh, he was interviewing Paul McCartney and um after they did the movie Help. And uh, he said, did you know, because that movie was so successful and they were so hot at the time, you know, did you get any other offers to do movies? And um, he said, uh, I can't remember what the Italian director's name was. It was one that was really super famous, but I, I can't remember exactly which one. It was the one that did Romeo and Juliet. And they wanted Paul McCartney to play Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. And he even told the guy, he said, you know, I'm not an actor. He goes, I have no idea. You know, and they go, no, 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 you do it. And he goes, oh, it's fucking Shakespeare. He goes, that's fucking Shakespeare. He goes, I can't do that. I'm not even a fucking actor. So, um, Stern brought up the fact that, you know, because he said, uh, you know, well, you know, I'm glad you did that because a lot of musical stars and stuff they want to be famous they want to be something else like if you're if you're a famous uh, say you're robert plant and you're the fucking golden god of fucking uh rock and roll and but if you're a huge success at that and you're doing it every night well then you might want to be like Stephen queen huge legendary movie star but he wanted to be a race car driver or he wanted to be um a fucking uh, motorcycle racer and stuff like that um so stern was bringing up he goes yeah a lot of guys you know they wouldn't have done that their ego would have kicked in they want to be something they're not to be you know be as whatever and he said about our, our garfunkel he said you know simon and garfunkel was this huge success I mean, you know, greatest hits album. You know, they, they still probably could sell out a fucking concert because they're they're just legendary. Had so many songs, and uh, but he said, you know, that's what broke them up. Well, it's not what broke them up because I'm sure they probably just got tired of each other, just like the Beatles did. You know, you get tired of fucking Paul um, is uh, Simon. I always said Paul Stanley. <laughs> Well, same with Kiss. You know, you got Paul Stanley and fucking Gene Simmons and their but friends and everything and businessmen but ace freely hates them they hate ace freely peter chris they you know the, the peter chris and ace freely hate fucking paul and gene and you know they all hate each other and after a while you know you're working with the same people you're on the road you know their girlfriend hates your girlfriend and they're causing all kind of yokos there and she's being a fucking whatever you know and john's like a manchurian candidate and paul's fucking all about business and ringo you know, ringo made a lot of he, he was in some fucking movies um but he was talking about Art Garfunkel, and he said, you know, he went out and made Catch-22. He made Carnal Knowledge. Uh, that one where he was the doctor, which was really good. Off the top of my head, I cannot remember, but I saw it for the first time, I think, like a year or two ago, which I really thought that was good. It's psychological fucking, you know, blah, blah. <laughs> I have so many windows open right now with shit that I don't want to open another one and fuck this uh, computer up. But the Art Garfunkel, that one movie was... Well, okay, i got to look it up because, I mean, it sounds stupid. I'm sitting there, blah, 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 you know, droning on about a fucking movie that I don't even know what the... can't even remember what it's called. Um, Art Garfunkel. Oh, I like the way he sings, but, in the, you know, he didn't write his own songs like Elvis. Uh, I like Art Garfunkel's voice. Uh, yeah, uh, Paul, or, uh, Paul Simon, Paul Stanley... Uh, Paul Simon might have been able to fucking write all those songs, which, you know, without those songs, 
Uh, but our Garfunkel's voice was amazing. Uh, movies. Art Garfunkel. That movie was called Bad Timing from 1980. So check that one out. Art Garfunkel, really good movie. Uh, Colonel Knowledge, really good movie. Catch-22, really good movie. Um, I did not know he was in Boxing Helena. The Rebound from 2009. You know, Art's looking... I mean, Art's fucking old now. So, I mean, I was going to say he's looking old, but, you know, he is old. Uh, what else we got here? Well, just some other ones that were like uh, concert videos. Uh, but he was going to be a big star, you know. And, and uh, the, when they had the uh, a um, reunion of sorts on Saturday Night Live, you know, they came out and they were going to sing... Uh, the boxer or something like that and when they came out and sat on the stool you know paul looks over at him because saturday night lives a comedy and he's like so Artie, how's the movie career you know because paul simon had continued went solo and fucking sold a bazillion albums and everything so a little funny little i don't know if i'd say it was a dig because i'm you know it's all planned out um so anyway we had that with my friend um and maybe we should get to the movies. Uh, because I have the one, some ones that I watched. Not a lot, but then I'm going to talk about maybe some of the ones uh, that I bought for myself. Also, uh, my sister got me um, Jim Rockford. Or, I mean, Jim Rockford. The Rockford Files with James uh, Garner. Uh, box set of that of those shows. So that's that was always a great show. Uh, I love the episodes with... Um, Lewis Gossett Jr. and um, Isaac Hayes. They were kind of like a team. And they call, and Isaac Hayes called uh, James Garner Rockfish all the time. And you also, another uh, uh, character that, sh- well, Stuart uh, Margolis was on there. and uh, But also, um, Bo Hopkins uh, had a reoccurring role on there. And I think Tom Selleck did. Uh, there was there was a couple of people that ended up uh, more than that. I mean, if I go back and watch them now, it's going to be one of those shows that was on so long that there's probably every damn episode there's somebody on there that you're going to recognize that went on to become you know more or more of a success or whatever. Uh, the first movie that I watched and I had never seen this. I remembered even hearing, I think from Cisco and Ebert and everything that it was really good with is Street Smart from 1987, and as I'm saying this, I, I'm thinking that I talked about this last time on the show. Um, but that's Christopher Reeves, Kathy Baker, Mimi Rogers, and Morgan Freeman. Um, I thought this was really good. The only thing that, that bothered me about this, and I know that it adds to, and this is also, if, if you look at a movie the way that we look at like genre movies or cult films and things like that, um, a lot of times, like on Gentleman's Guide and things like, and even on our show, you know, we'll watch a movie from like the '80s, or we'll watch a movie from a certain time period, and we'll make fun of the fashion or whatever, or or how the movie was shot, the style of the time, like Mel Gibson in the first Lethal Weapons, walking around with this fucking weird-looking mullet, and you know the thing about the uh, members-only jackets that you know Gentleman's Guide always talks about, things like that. The one thing that that I I it wasn't too bad as far as how they shot it, but the music that accompanied the movie was very 80s. And I almost, as I was sitting there watching that, I was kind of like, um, you know, if they would just shit can this fucking synthy music, 
um, they could totally take it out and the movie would be so much better now just as a movie because it, it wasn't it wasn't shot like a like I said like lethal weapon or something like that where it's it's kind of you know real stylized it's shot more like a, a night of the juggler or something like that where uh, yeah it's a time capsule but it's it's not uh, you know in some of these movies where they will have like a punk they'll have to have some punk rocker that's gonna mug some woman and they're so over the top like Bill Paxson with a fucking mohawk and a goddamn uh, uh, fucking safety pin through his face and makeup on you know just something that's like really kind of over the top uh, goofy or whatever but I really like this Morgan Freeman was excellent in it Christopher Reeves this might have been Time After Time was a good movie and I like the one um, the one where he was a pilot uh, Road to let's see Christopher Reeves um, there was one I'm getting it mixed up with um, High Road to China which was uh, I think Tom Selleck um, the one I'm talking about, he was like a pilot and they crashed. And I believe it was Rosanna Arquette. Let me go back here and find this song, bitch. Great Lady Down, I saw that. That one was had uh, um, Stacey Keach and David Carradine in it. Really good sub-movie. And then you had Superman where he hit it really big. Somewhere in Time, not Time After Time. Time After Time was the one with, I think, Malcolm McDowell about... Uh, H.G. Wells chasing Jack the Ripper through time. Uh, Monsignor, I remember that. Death Trap. Um, the Aviator. Okay, yeah. Because I think it's Patricia Arquette. That was right before Street Smarts. Yeah, The Aviator. Uh, that was directed by George Miller of uh, Mad Max fame and had uh, Rosanna Arquette and her magnificent boobs, Jack Warden. It was a plane crash movie out in the middle of nowhere. Scott Wilson, Tyne Daly. Nice cast. Um, who else is in this? My voice is is going through changes, so I can't sing the Osmond Brothers to you. What bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch, girl? See, it just cracked. Anyway, I'm no, I'm, I'll never be the same. And then, you know, he got caught up in that fucking Superman. Now, the first Superman I love, you know, because I thought Christopher Reeves was really good at portraying how Superman was, um, you know, at that time in comics or before, um, you know, the squeaky clean Superman. Superman 2, man, not as good. Uh, Superman 3, not as good. <laughs> Superman 4, uh, Switching channels. Now, see, that came out about the time that... Uh, like the uh, William Hurt, Holly Hunter uh, uh, movie. that They were making a lot of uh, movies. Uh, Michael Keaton had one about a newspaper, about like reporters and um, whether they're on TV and newspapers and things like that. Uh, the Rose and the Jackal, he played Alan Pinkerton. That was on TV. But Some of these I remember, s- not. I don't think I saw them. I remember they were on. But Christopher Reeves at one point... Um, you know, after the Superman movies, like I said, they kind of turn to shit. You think, okay, you know, he's big as Superman, but then, you know, and then he had that um, that accident when he was riding the horse and got paralyzed and everything, which was just awful. Uh, but after, you know, he, his career really did not, you know, 
I would say, I don't know if I would say it didn't pan out, but, uh, and I just ran over my cord for my headphones, uh, or my microphone with my chair, so I better watch out. Um, his his uh, career definitely after Superman was kind of on the on the sh- on the shit because you start out like I said in Gray Lady Down he wasn't a big part he was just he was one of the guys on the sub uh, I think he had like some lines but not a very big part and then you know they say see him and they're like fuck this guy would be good Superman hits it really big there somewhere in time uh, was you know kind of a chick flick but it was a good story. And then Superman 2, you know, they're just cashing in, making fucking big money. Death Trap, I believe that was Laurence Olivier, I believe. And, uh, or am I thinking of the one with Mike O'Kane? Uh, Michael Caine, no, I'm actually, I was wrong. It's Michael Caine, Christopher Reeves, and Diane Cannon. And that's a Sidney Lament movie. God damn, tell me this fucking mouse isn't going about him. I have to go get some batteries to put you on pause. Uh, what's this movie? A boot. Broadway playwright puts murder in his plan to make to take credit for a student's script. That might be good. Looks like it's a little hijinks going on there. Me. Um, I was thinking of the one with uh, Michael Caine and Laurence Olivier. What the fuck was that about? Oh God damn it! See, I go down the rat, the wormhole, the rabbit hole, somebody's hole, Cagney Lynn Carter's hole. Uh, Holcroft Covenant, uh, Jigsaw Man, Dressed to Kill, The Island, that was a good one. I haven't seen that in first since I was a little kid. Swarm, The Swarm, Bees. <laughs> no, God damn it, where's that one with him and Lawrence Olivier, you son of a bitch? Fourth Protocol was good, Michael Caine. Now, how did I get from over here to Michael Caine, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? Okay, who gives a shit? Fuck him. If the goddamn thing won't come up to where I can find it... Oh, God damn it! Rotten hell, mouse. Let me get this mouse up and pause and go get a battery. Because <laughs> I have to have my moose. I have a pig and a mouse. Zip it. Come up. Okay, sorry about that. I um, had to go and get another battery, and I couldn't get the... I, I got the last little second of juice out to uh, pause the goddamn fucking thing I'm recording on. Um, so that's why there was a little bit of dead air there for a few seconds. Uh, it was Sleuth, was the one with uh, Michael Caine and um, um, Lawrence Olivier. I believe they remade that later, I think, with Michael Caine and... Um, what's that bastard that's going to fucking play? <laughs> Oh, Sleuth. Sleuth is the goddamn guy that was fucking, that's a fucking playing, um, um, whatchamacallit, um, uh, Marvel in, um, the Captain Marvel movie. What's his name? Michael Caine and who, what, uh, goddamn that son of a bitch is, uh, Jude Law. Okay, dig it. Okay, let's get off this. That was a bad trap to fall into with that, uh, goddamn Michael Caine. You know, I was I was going along good there, and then all of a sudden I fall into this fucking trap. But really, like I said, Christopher Reeves after Superman, he made a few good movies there that were, you know, that he was good in, but they were kind of like box office, not very good. Um, 
I think he maybe he picked shitty projects because the fucker was like the Rock Hudson. I mean, you look at him and how good looking he was, and he was big and tall, and you know, but not not like big like uh, the Rock or fucking Vin Diesel or something, where it's kind of like uh, intimidating, but just a a tall kind of uh, but lean, but still could be uh, you know a man's man or whatever. Ambish- an ambitious priest seduces a nun and leads the Vatican into shady business during and after World War II. That's Monsignor from 1982. Like I said, some of these, I'm looking at them, and, I'm, and I remember when they came out, but they didn't do well. And now I want to go back and watch them. I want to watch Death Trap with Michael Caine and Christopher Reeves, and Monsignor looks good. Uh, what's the other ones here? I think um, somewhere in time, that was uh, that really hot chick that I... Oh, Jane Seymour. Yeah, because I had a Playboy with her. <laughs> she was really... You know, she had like a, a a ballerina. I think she had been a dancer. Christopher Plummer is also in that. And who else? William H. Macy? Jesus Christ. Man, that's way back. That's... uh, yeah. 1980. William H. Macy. He was very young in that. See, fucking Paul Simon writing music is nothing. Uh, let's see. Let's get all this Christopher Reeves. Because, like I said, Street Smart, I think I may have talked about it a little bit. Um, but, you know, goddamn it went into a whole bunch of other shit. I fall into traps. Christopher Reeves. Poor bastard. Ah, you know what? We only all have only a certain amount of time on this planet. And, um,. You know, you never know if it's going to be when it's going to be your time and live life to the fullest, daddy Okay, so we go street smart. Morgan Freeman, that was like I said, that was that was his movie where he was basically discovered and he got really good reviews and uh, then he, it was off after. I mean, he was off after that. Uh, Rolf said he watched The Deserter, a.k.a. Legion of Honor. And when I told him, when I recommended that and said it was a companion piece for Battle of Algiers and, um, I can't remember what the other one was. Oh, Day of the Jackal. I did actually, I did actually say it's not as good as either one of those. But the, the thing that was, um, um, that made it a companion piece for me was, um, Day of the Jackal and Battle of Algiers had a lot to do with not only the French uh, regular military, but the French Foreign Legion. Um, and the, I think it's OAS, which is the Organisation Armée Secrète, uh, which is uh, meaning secret armed organization. And what that was, was, um, and, and those were the people in Day of the Jackal that hired the Jackal to kill Charles de Gaulle. Um, and in, um, now in Battle of Algiers, they were involved in all that shit too. Because what it was, was, um, de Gaulle says, okay, we are going to, after a certain period of time, after all this shit went down in Algeria, and Algeria wanted their independence, uh, de Gaulle finally says, okay, you know what? We're going to give them their independence. Well, there was a shitload of fucking uh, French um, military and foreign legion, and also, but but not just that, but even French that lived in Algeria that were like, no. You're over there in fucking France. It's almost like uh, the French in 
uh, Indochina, which later, you know, Vietnam. Um, if you watch Apocalypse Now redo, they have the French plantation uh, scene. And also when you're talking about uh, in South Africa, some of the you know movies about that and apartheid and everything, um, there, De Gaulle's in France and he is running France and he's saying, we're going to give Algeria its independence. And these people, these French that lived in Algeria, they're like, hey, you know, motherfucker, we live here. We've lived here for generations. Our family has our family has lived here. For, same with South Africa. You know the the uh, the um, white South African farmers and things like that. They say, you know, hey, we've lived here forever. This is our. We we didn't just come over here right now and say, hey, we're taking your shit. Our family has owned this farm for for four or five generations, and we're just as much uh, African Afrikaners or whatever than you know, the black uh, Africans and same with Vietnam. They're like, you know, Hey man, you know, this is our fucking home. We've had these places here, but what I was saying was in, uh, the deserter or, um, uh, Legion of honor from 2002, uh, which, uh, Tom Hardy, the main, the, the main guy is Paul Fox, uh, who Rolf hated, uh, but Tom Hardy is the like co-star, but he has a really big part. He's one of the one of the the two. Him and the other guy are the two main guys. Um, but uh, what I was saying was, in the Deserter, you um, eventually it's it's like a like I think Rolf, Rolf said like a Full Metal Jacket and those movies where somebody goes to the military and they go through basic training they go through all the torture all the brainwashing and all that shit so you have that for probably three quarters of the fucking movie and them having to go through all this shit survive it and everything so it's pretty cookie cutter as far as that goes but then towards the end you get into the um, where de Gaulle says hey you know we're going to give uh, Algeria its independence and the OAS stuff comes in which is sort of like a on on the one hand the the guys that were involved in it would say the traitor was de Gaulle and on the other hand the um the the a lot of the french and the you know politicians and even the french military a lot of the guys in the majority of the people in the french military probably would say they're the traitors because you're supposed to follow orders and all this and that and they're saying hey we're not giving up our fucking so they were using terrorism um and you'll see that in the Battle of Algiers um, and torture and terrorism, things like that, against what they considered the terrorists or the freedom fighters or who, whatever side you want to fall on. But that's what I was saying. I, like I said, I wouldn't, not comparing. I, I think uh, Battle of Algiers is a fucking masterpiece. I think Day of the Jackal is, uh, is on that level too, as being, you know, a, a really good and, you know, well done fucking movie. The Deserter or Legion of Honor is nowhere near that, but like I said, I just I like I find that interesting. Even like like I said, Apocalypse Now redo, um, um, Platoon. Is it is it one thirty seven with uh, Bruno Kramer? Um, this just movies about like uh, uh, Dien Bien Phu and the French over there. I'm interested in that in that uh, that time period. Um, 
and what went on over there and, sh- and shit like that. Um, God damn it, I just had it there a second ago, and I fucking... I've seen that movie. Uh, the three three seventeen platoon, or uh, you know, uh, la la platoon three seven seventeen or whatever, uh, which is I, I love that fucking movie. That's that's a personal favorite of mine. Check that one out if you haven't got a chance to. That one is from nineteen sixty five. The Street Seventeenth Platoon. It was out of print for a long time, or at least not over here. You w- you could get it, and it would only be um, in. Um, you'd have to have a uh, region-free DVD player to, to get it. But I think it's it's more available, already available now. It was on YouTube for a, quite a while. I don't know if it still is or not. Let's go back to the next movie. Tom Hardy was really young in that, and it just shows you uh, when you see him in that movie, and he's in very good shape, but he's probably like fucking 20 years old, as compared to uh, I'm sure he probably got on a little bit of the juice for uh, the you know the fighter or whatever, uh, where him and Joel Edgerton were the two brothers in MMA. I found, I found like three movies that I want to see. One of them is actually on YouTube, but it's a really fucking shitty quality. Uh, I still might watch it. Uh, because I was looking for these two actors. And it kind of, like I said, kind of like one of those deals where I'm talking about falling down the wormhole or the rabbit hole. Um, the first one is uh, Paul Lamatt uh, from, um, who was uh, in, hang on one second. Remember when I was telling you about how my uncle was telling the story about how he had to run to the bathroom and everything? Uh, we just had one of those moments, but you don't need to know that. Um, there are a lot of movies from, I would say probably like the 70s and, you know, maybe even 60s, 70s, and 80s. But I, I know these these all fall within like the uh, uh, early to mid-70s that were made and are out of print. And I think a lot of the reason that some of these are out of print is because they played certain music in them when they came out. And then either... I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say that they didn't have permission because they wouldn't have made it if they didn't have permission with the music in it. But uh, they the the rights they lost the rights to the music or didn't renew it or whatever, so they can't put the fucking movie out. I was watching a movie the other day, and I'm trying to think which one it was. And they were actually saying that about that movie saying that uh, it was out of print for quite a while because there was a certain Doors song with Jim Morrison and the Doors um, that was playing in the car uh, and and um, they didn't they did you know the the thing that they signed to get the rights to it or whatever uh, ran out or whatever and they didn't have the right to have it in the movie or if they showed it they would have to renew it and pay and say it was a movie that wasn't successful it it played at the drive-in or something, and it was you know uh, not that it was a bad movie or anything, but you know because hell I like watching anything. Some of those movies uh, that kind of just disappeared that maybe played at the drive-in uh, that you may have never even fucking heard of. You'll find these gems because they just fucking disappeared, and and some of them the reason might be that okay, say they it was a low budget fucking movie, they spent. Uh, uh, $360,000 on this fucking movie and they didn't make hardly shit or they made the mo- the money back but they made it back like a ro- like Roger Corman where they made a low budget movie uh, but they don't want to go and have to get with Ray Manzarek or Robbie Krieger or John Densmore the, the guys that are still in the d- doors you know I think um, 
um, Ray Manzarek died, but uh, you know, go to them and or whoever you know put out the owns the rights of the music and say, hey, you know, we we want to re re up this and pay you a hundred thousand dollars so that we can have this music in there. So the movie just kind of goes away. Uh, the first one is called um, Citizens Band from 1977, or Handle with Care was the original title. Um, and the reason, like I said, I, I found this was because I I was always interested in Paul Lamatt. Uh, because he played John Milner in American Graffiti, the George Lucas movie, with Ron Howard and Harrison Ford, Cindy Williams, um, and, you know, Jesus Christ, Terry the Toad and the Pharaohs, Bo Hopkins is in that, and, you know, all these people. Um, but after that, you know, you would think that, and I remember he he was in The Burning Bed with Farrah Fawcett, and that was one of the movies, like, you know, Farrah Fawcett was on Charlie's Angels and everything, but she actually, she was like Cher. She was on TV and everything, but then when she got her chance to make, like, real, um, you know, dramatic movies, she was a good fucking actress. And same with Farrah Fawcett. She was known for the fucking beautiful, big fucking Farrah Fawcett hairstyle, those teeth and the fucking nipples and all that shit, being married to Lee Majors and then later Ryan O'Neill. But she was actually a good actress, and she was in the, the a TV movie, The Burning Bed, which was a true story about this guy, and uh, he was really uh, a fucking drunk, abusive, just beat the fucking shit out of his wife and everything. And she ended up fucking got tired of it, and she killed him. She fucking, he passed out on the bed asleep, hence the burning bed. She fucking poured gasoline all over him, fucking lit him on fire. And I remember Paul Lamatt was in that, and he was in the sequel to America Graffiti, which was called More American Graffiti, which I think they should make a fucking porn parody of that. They should have Not American Graffiti and More Not American Graffiti, or Not More American Graffiti. But, um, course the one with george lucas was the was the uh the fucking huge fucking hit uh american graffiti we reviewed that on the show um i think i'm thinking that george lucas did more american graffiti too because when i was reading about it that he said he no 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 he didn't direct it uh bill l norton directed it and uh, i remember reading when i was reading about these movies that um uh, Lucas said he wished they wouldn't have done more American Graffiti. Uh, what else did this guy do? Bill Norton. He was the director of Cisco Pike with Chris Christopherson, which was a good movie. He was a writer on Convoy uh, with Chris Christopherson. Busted flat and Baton Rouge and waiting for a train. Feeling nearly faded as my jeans. I like Chris. Gargoyles TV movie as B.W.L. Norton. He had three fucking uh, uh, <laughs> initials. Let's see. Twilight Zone. He was a writer. He wrote uh, uh, the, the TV Vietnam War TV show, which came out after a platoon called Tour of Duty. Grand Slam. TV, TV, TV. TV, TV, TV. TV, 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 TV. I think he's just, this is all writing. Let me see, let's see his directing. Shite. Waiting for a train. He directed movies. Directed TV. Cisco Pike. That was a good movie. I that one passed through my fingertips for a long time, and when I finally saw it, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Lots after that. Even after that, he was you know all TV, TV, TV. John Doe. 
Law and Order Criminal Intent still going today? Well, no, he's not. He might be dead. <laughs> I'm not laughing at him being dead, but the last thing he did was in uh, 2009. What's he writing? What's you writing, Pally? Fulcan. That's the last thing. A Lincoln Heights TV series. What if he did any porn? Had a lot of porn talk on the last show. Thanks, Rafe. Uh, <laughs> but this movie, it, it um, I think the the uh, thing that holds it all together, it's a, it's several different characters, different stories, but it's it's during the CB Citizens Band is the name of the movie from 1977 um, with Paul Lamatt, Candy Clark, who I love, she was in um, um, Zip 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 American Graffiti, Zip Zip Zip, she was the girl that went around with Terry the Toad all the time, and she. She was another one that was interesting because she was in a lot of shit that you forget about because when she was in Zodiac, uh, Blue Thunder, The Man Who Fell to Earth with uh, David Bowie. Um, because when she got old, you know, when she was uh, young, she was really hot. And uh, kind of like that, she looked like uh, this one. Who the fuck is the porn star she looked like? Oh, She looked like Annie Sprinkle or something with fucking bleach blonde hair in... American Graffiti. She was in Fat City, which I love that fucking movie. She was Jeff Bridges' girlfriend. That's the boxing movie with him and Stacey Keach. Great fucking movie. The best boxing movie ever made. I will state that in my opinion. Um, the Big Sleep with uh, Robert Mitchum. What else was Candy Clark in? Oh, she was a hottie. And then, and then when she got older, she became like a MILF hottie. And then when she got older, then, you know. Okay, at close range, she played Christopher Walken's uh, girlfriend. And that was the one with Sean Penn, Christopher Penn, and, um, oh, what's her name? Mary Stewart Masterson, who I like. Uh, what else is Candy Clark? She was a Magnum P.I., lots of TV. The Blob, that was a remake, 1988. I'm going to get my IMDb all fucked up going down these holes here. Going down Candy Clark's holes. Uh, she played uh, in, um, in Zodiac. But, you know, if, if you would have said, what American Graffiti star was in Zodiac, and I love Zodiac and I've seen it a bunch of times, I wouldn't have been able to tell you who the fuck it was. Uh, so anyway, Citizens Band, the whole movie is different stories and stuff like that, but it's it all revolves around the, the CB radio uh, uh, thing before we had cell phones. Uh, and, and I was telling somebody the other day when I was talking about this movie uh, at work, I said this, I said, CB radios were like Facebook before Facebook. Because Facebook is basically, you can keep in touch with your friends, but of course you could do that with on a telephone back in the day. But Facebook, Twitter, and all that shit, plus this CB radio, you were talking to people you may never meet. You were making friends with people that you may never meet or talking to people. Or, and you may meet them and everything. Talking to your friends, talking to everybody, and you'd be on there, hey, you got a smoky report, you know, so you could drive fast and maybe not get a ticket, this and that. Um the movie interlaces the stories of several characters in a small town united by their use of Citizens Band or CB radio. Uh, Paul uh, Lamatt is the local CB coordinator who has uh, time for little else. What else does he have time for? <laughs> Fucking Candy Clark, hopefully. Uh, I want to watch that. But, you know, like I said, it's one of those ones that's kind of hard to find. And I think that might have been the one that they said that they were playing like The Doors or something. And that's why... You're not going to see it. Bruce McGill's first movie. Dig it. 
Cochise, my man, you're looking at a 2,000 watt of pure radio power. 1,996 of them are illegal. How can such a small mind have such a big antenna? Woo! I think that's a metaphor. Got a big antenna. Okay, the next movie that I... I, uh, This this is the one that is actually on YouTube. I started to watch it the other day, and uh, like I said, it's it's pretty crappy quality, but I still want to watch it because I'm interested in the subject. And it's the story of Alan Freed, uh, the pioneering disc jockey who was instrumental in introducing and popularizing rock and roll in the 50s. The movie is called American Hot Wax, and it's from 1978. Now, the reason I found this was... I remember when this movie came out and seeing the um, the commercials for it, uh, you know, that it was going to be in the theater and stuff, uh, was I was looking at the actor Tim McIntyre, and he is the star of this. He plays Alan Freed. Now, who else is in this? Because there are some other people that you'll recognize. Uh, Tim McIntyre uh, plays Alan Freed, and he's been in a bunch of stuff like Brew Baker, uh, Fast Walking with James Woods, and uh, I'll mention some other ones here when I look it up. We looked up the rest of his filmography. You have uh, Fran Drescher. Uh, who was on The Nanny, and she was also in Saturday Night Fever. Jay Leno, this is when before he became, you know, uh, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Uh, Lorraine Newman, who was on uh, Saturday Night Live, one of the originals. Uh, who else? Do we have anybody else? Can you dig it? Nobody else. But um, still, this has... Um, this goes back to the time when... You had like Bill Haley and the Comets, 1950s music, which I grew up on that. When I was a little kid, I loved, I've talked about it on the show before, loved Sha Na Na, but I also loved that music. We had all kinds of 45s, you know, get a job, Sha Na Na Na, Sha Na 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 Na. And, you know, just all the kind of, you know, splish splash, I was taking the bath, long about a Saturday night, woo! I'm rocking now. But Alan Freed's story is an interesting story, and this is not like a kiddie movie or anything. This would actually be a good companion piece for American Graffiti, as it was, you know, took place in the same time period. And American Graffiti has a lot of that music. Okay. It was directed by Floyd Mutrux, M U T R U X. That's a strange name. And what else did he do, Daddy O? He directed not a lot. Uh, Dusty and Sweets McGee. See, like I said, now with these things like this, you can go back and find some of these movies and think, okay, fuck, man, I want to see this. Movies that have disappeared. The only one that I really recognize, okay, like I said, American Hot Wax is what I'm talking about, and I remember that movie. I did not see it, though, but I remember that, you know, seeing the commercials for it on TV. The one that I remember actually seeing was The Hollywood Nights, and that also, I think... Does that have Jay Leno in it? I th- I'm thinking it does. Maybe Jay Leno is actually uh, Floyd Muttrucks. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, but I, uh, um, um, whatchamacallit, The Hollywood Nights is a comedy. Tony Danza, Michelle Pfeiffer, who was young and cute and that really young, super young. T.K. Carter. Um, oh, uh, Robert Wool was one of the guys in that. He was the guy that kept that would like uh, go to get up on the stage in front of all the people in the high school and pull his pants down and fart and st- and like fart. Uh, he could fart like uh, the Star Spangled Banner or something like that. So that's a funny one. It's it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's got fart humor. Uh, <laughs> I sound like a fucking witch. <laughs> okay, he wrote. Uh, he was one of the writers for um, Mulholland Falls. That's the one with uh, Nick Nolte. Um, there goes my baby. That was a song. Uh, Blood in, blood out. What was that? 
blood in, blood out. That sounds like something I've seen. Based on the true life experience of poet Jimmy Santiago Baca. The film focuses uh, on stepbrothers Paco and Cruz and their biracial cousin Miklo. It opens in 1972 as a three-man... Whatever. What is this? Goddamn shit. Um... This looks like, uh, I always say companion piece. I'm like a big fucking douchebag. I say the same thing over. Delroy Lindo is in this, and this is from 1993. Um, this looks like a, kind of like a, um, movie that would go good with, uh, American Me with Edward James Almos about the Hispanic gangs in prison. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is also in this. And, but you have, like, uh, Benjamin Bratt, who was in the, uh, the great, uh, uh, fucking rescue movie that I watched, uh, last time. Tom Tolls. Oh, fucking Tom Tolls. Who the fuck's that son of a bitch? I've seen him in shit. He's in a lot of those fucking horror movies that you guys all love. <laughs> Night of the Living Dead, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, he, he, what did I say? Oh, he was in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, wasn't he? Didn't he play uh, Otis Tool? I believe he did. He's a fucking, uh, you know, probably the nicest guy in the world, but I just want to say he's a piece of shit because, you know, Henry the Portrait of the Serial Killer. Yeah, Henry the Portrait of the Serial Killer. Blah, blah, blah. You guys know all of these fucking horror people, like, back to back to back, and I've, I know their faces. I, I know some of their names just from going to the conventions, but I don't know them as well as you yuns do because I, uh, uh, this guy, that Mutt Rucks, was also the writer of Freebie and the Bean, Dusty and Sweets McGee. What is that? Let me look that. And he was a producer of uh, Dick Tracy with um, Warren Beatty and uh, Madonna was in that. Okay. A straight couple dabbles in drugs and become heroin addicts. And this was written and directed by Floyd Muttrucks. And it stars Clifton Tip Friedel, Kit Ryder, and Bill McRae. Or Bill Gray. When did I get McRae? I don't know any of these people. What kind of rating does this fucking thing get? It's 7.1. That's pretty fucking good. Might be something to... A straight couple dabbles in drugs and become heroin addicts. Can't go wrong there. Trivia, 1988. Bill Gray settled a libel suit he brought against noted film critic and historian Leonard Moulton. Known uh, for his annual guides on available movies and videos. In all guides from 1974 to 98, Moulton mistakenly listed... Uh, Mr. Uh, Gray as a real-life drug addict and pusher in the critique of the film. <laughs> he appeared in the film only as an actor. What a fucking douchebag, Leonard Moulton. Go fuck yourself, you stupid bastard. Oh, uh, Robert De Niro was a Vietnam veteran who was forced to play uh, fucking... I don't know, with himself. Russian roulette. Okay, let's get off Mutt Rucks. American Hot Wax. I when I get off this show, which who knows how long that's going to be, I might go in there and finish watching that. It's a pretty good movie. It's not a funny movie. It's a um, you know pretty good movie, or true story. Uh, the other one was Aloha Bobby and Rose from 1975, and this also stars Paul Lamatt. Uh, this was also written and directed by Floyd Muttrucks. Who the hell is this bastard? I guarantee you he's somebody else, and changed his name or something. Cause he how'd he get all this money? To make these movies. <laughs> well, I guess he's a writer. But anyway. Uh, Bobby and Rose, two youngsters who are in love, have to run away from home when they are falsely accused uh, to have committed a robbery and an assassination. Now, this one has a really fucking cool car in it. It's like a fucking old um, 
Trans Am or a, what do you call it Camaro. Uh, but Paul Lamat, it's like uh, this uh, the the the, uh, the 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 description and the shit about the movie. I watched the trailer and everything. It reminds me of uh, the Steve Miller song. Uh, you know, come on, take the or go and take the money and run. You know, uh, Billy Mac was uh, yeah whatever. Um, this is a story about Billy Joe and Bob Sue. Two young lovers with nothing better to do. Okay, now what the deal is um, here, they you know had to come and take the money, right? This one had some more people in it that were more famous, and I think I was looking up Tim McIntyre because I was talking about what a douchebag uh, James Woods was and that his my favorite James Woods movie is the ultra-sleazy Fast Walking where Tim Mac it takes place in prison. Um... Woods is a prison guard, and he also is a pimp. And uh, Kay Lenz, I believe, is one of his hookers. And uh, that's the one where he takes his girls, the hookers that work for him, and they they work out of like a, from what I remember, like a uh, would be like a little roadside uh, redneck convenience store. And he takes them out back and uh, just takes the garden hose, and they get naked, and he sprays them down to clean them because they're dirty girls. Uh, Paul Lamatt. American Graffiti, uh, Tim McIntyre, of course, I was, I was just talking about, um, was also played Alan Freed in the other movie, and uh, blah, 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 Brew Baker and all that shit, Robert Carradine, uh, Edward James Almos. so there's some people in this, uh, but they're, they, they, they do some stuff, this one only cost, it uh, cost $600,000, gross in USA was 35 fucking million Dollars. Okay, people. Now I need to go back and look at something. Okay. Now, the budget for this fucking movie, again, I will say this again, was $600,000. $600,000. It made $35 million in the U.S. That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> okay, what do we got here? A little, uh, not any trivia at all. Uh, goofs. I like when it says goofs. About 43 minutes when the cops are pushing Bobby's car to help him get it started at the gas station, one of the cops falls down. And if you listen closely, you can hear people off camera laugh. <laughs> see, I think that's funny. <laughs> but anyway, man, I got to see this. This is fucking, you know, they talk about like Macon County Line and Billy Jack and uh, Easy Rider and shit like that. I think that, you know, man, that's a fucking, that's a pretty good fucking, uh, pretty good uh, uh, some cash there you know what i'm saying daddy uh let's get out of here let's go back we did the paul lamat and the other dude <laughs> things that i i want to see that are out of print okay i watched a documentary which i found on itunes uh they will have now um every week they'll have movies for that you can rent for 99 cents they'll have movies that you can rent for a dollar 99 or whatever uh, ones that you have missed, or you can buy some of them for buy the movie for four ninety nine, or buy it for seven ninety nine, or nine ninety nine, whatever you know. Um, but so that you can get on there and get some digital downloads of some of the movies that you want to get, or that maybe you have never seen, uh, and either rent them or get uh, the actual own the digital download of it, uh, pretty cheap if you just keep an eye out. And this one I was definitely interested in because I'm a big Dennis Hopper fan. From 2016, it's a documentary called Along for the Ride. And this movie um, is, it, it, um, what's the fucker's name? It's Dennis Hopper, one of his best friends was this guy, uh, Satya de la Manitou. And uh, 
Emilio like that, the, the Manitou. Uh, but he was Dennis Hopper's like right-hand man, his best buddy. They did drugs together. They fucking hung out together. They got drunk. They did all, you know, everywhere that Dennis went, uh, Satya went with him. And he was the guy that when Dennis was getting a little bit out of hand or whatever, uh, he'd say, hey, dude, you know, you need to fucking chill out and shit. So this is really good. I would say, now, American uh, Dreamers, uh, American Dreamer um, is the quintessential Dennis Hopper documentary uh, that was done at that time. Uh, when they were shooting the last movie, when they were editing the last movie and everything like that. And it was there and it was about that specific period of time. I've seen other do- Dennis Hopper documentaries like on TV and shit like that that are good, but they're the cookie cutter, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I've seen him interviewed about, uh, you know, in a documentary about James Dean and shit like that. But, and in um, Breaking the Cage, which was the Easy Rider uh, documentary, which came out with the Easy Rider DVD, um, which is excellent. Recommend that one big time. This is the quintessential Dennis Hopper documentary uh, about his life. Uh, now, of course, it doesn't talk about like when he was a little kid. You know, he grew up on a, you know, in, a, in Kansas or whatever on a fucking farm and this and that. But it starts with when he met, uh, you know, when when American Dreamers was going on, and he met. They were going to shoot the last movie and he met Satya and they became best friends and Satya lived with him out on that fucking uh, compound in uh, Taos, New Mexico. All the shit that was going down with the uh, people that lived around there and Dennis getting fucking hammered and Dean Stockwell and all of them going out to these, stopping at some fucking redneck bar and going in and they're fucked up and they're hippies and everything. And uh, It's just really good and he's got a lot of insight uh, they have all these people that they talked about, like when Dennis was uh, with Michelle Phillips of the Mamas and Papas. They got married for like a fucking two days or something. Um, also, one of the things that I really enjoyed was seeing Linda Manns, um, who, and they talk about when they made uh, Out of the Blue, uh, which I love her back then when she was in The Wanderers, when she was in Out of the Blue, and then um, the one with uh, What's His Face. <laughs> Oh goddamn! What the hell? Let me goddamn! I gotta look it up. Oh goddamn it! Um, the one with Sam Shepard and Richard Gere and um, that um, Malik did. Days of Heaven. I didn't even have to look at it; it just came to me. Um, but Linda Manns, you know, you get to see her like now, and of course, you know, she, she's fucking old. Back then, she was like a little, you know, fucking. Uh, I don't know, like little, you know, almost like a. Well, she was a little girl because they showed her and Dennis and um, I'm trying to think who was with Dennis at an award show or maybe it was like Venice Film Festival or something like that. But they were together and it was like almost when you see Christy McNichol or um, 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 Tatum O'Neill when they were like in fucking seventh grade and they're going to these Hollywood parties and shit and here's Linda Manns but they talk to her now which was kind of cool it was it was interesting I'd like to see somebody do something about her and her career um, you know uh, let's see who else they, they interview Dean Stockwell you know he's pretty old now and he's talking about you know basically even saying you know hey man you know a lot of shit I can't remember anymore you know I've reached a certain age and you just start forgetting stuff and you can't recall and uh, the, the Satya uh, 
Hopper's friend or whatever, he had a really good memory for all this stuff and them going and doing drugs and doing this and that and making movies and you know just how Hopper was really passionate about directing and acting and when he got blackballed and they talk about making Mad Dog Morgan over in Australia and they interview the guys that were the the directors and producers of that and how Hopper was so fucked up and they were going to deport him and all this shit. Um, trying to think what else like uh the stuff with apocalypse now when he made his comeback but even before that when he was blackballed and he wasn't getting a chance to do shit and he was just making these kind of like underground movies and things like that this is really good if you get a chance to fucking see this get on itunes and rent this like i said it was 99 cents it's really worth it you get a lot of stuff with hopper when he was younger uh they have a lot of footage of uh you know him when they were making the last movie and, you know, Peter Fonda and Russ Tamlin and all these guys that were down there with him and they were talking about, you know, what happened and everything. Very good. Uh, and again, you know, I'm, I guess, I don't know if I'd say prejudice, but uh, I've been a Dennis Hopper fan for a long time, even when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know. God, was I a kid back then? I was in high school, so I guess I was, considering that my birthday was the other day. And you know what's funny is, you know, you see on Facebook when everybody says, you know, oh, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to everybody because, you know, it's their birthday and it shows up on Facebook. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to get a bunch of people to say, I, did, I got like uh, my friend Diane and I think my sister uh, and my mom. But I forgot I got on there and I put our put the settings, you know, because I, I always think about like uh, the social uh, – you know, when people, hackers and stuff like that are trying to socially profile people and things like that and giving them too much information and this and that. But, um, um, so I think I actually got on there and I made my security kind of tight and I, I put down that I didn't want my birthday to be shown. So either that or everybody hates my guts now because I'm a fucking dick. A movie that I saw the trailer for, which I, I want to see is called, uh, Replicas from 2018. And this stars two of my favorite people, uh, Keanu Reeves and Alice Eve. Uh, not for the same reasons. Uh, love Alice Eve. Uh, God, I wish they would redo or do the next season of, um, Daredevil. Um, so we can see Typhoid Mary. Uh, but they're going to fucking cancel order. They did. Anyway, uh, who else is in this? Yeah, yeah. This is a sci-fi movie. Uh, the gist of it is, I don't want to tell you. If you want to look it up, you can find the trailer. Uh, here lately, I've been liking just about everything Keanu has been doing, including some of the uh, stuff that uh, looks like it has Russian backing and is made in Russia. But I love Alice Eve. I love Keanu. Not like love, love, but I could be like really good friends with Keanu. He's cool. We could hang out. He could come over and you know sit in a beanbag. Um, okay, I watched The Dirty Dozen, 1967. This was directed by Robert Aldrich. And, um, ooh, I'm not fucking unplugging anything with my chimp toes. Um, okay, now this stars Lee Marvin. He's the main guy, Major Reisman. Ernest Borgnine, Charles Bronson, Jim Brown, John Cassavetes, Richard Jekyll, George Kennedy, Trini Lopez, Ralph Meeker's in this, uh, Robert Ryan's in this, Tully Savalas is in this, Donald Sutherland's in this, Clint Walker's in this. I mean, every, there's just fucking star after star after star in this. And I've seen this a million times, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit. I still enjoy it, and I still enjoyed watching it. This is one of those movies, and I was thinking about, like, um, oh, um, Movies where half the movie is good and half the movie is not as good. Well, but not that, because I think this whole movie is good in in total. But also movies that 
are almost like two movies. Like Full Metal Jacket was um, almost like two fucking movies. They were connected, but you had the entire thing at the beginning, which was basic training. And then the whole second half of the movie is them in Vietnam. So, and this is kind of how this movie is. Uh, at the very beginning, it starts out really bleak, where um, uh, Ernest Borgnine is a general, and he has uh, Major Reisman. He requests that he come and watch this execution, military execution. Uh, but from then on, there's a lot of there's a lot of humor um, throughout the first half of the movie. And again, when we were talking about whether it is the Deserter movie with Tom Hardy, whether it's Boys from Company C, Full Metal Jacket, or whatever. Now, these guys weren't going, in the Dirty Dozen weren't going through basic training because they're already soldiers. They're prisoners. They're military prisoners for all different kinds of shit. I think the lowest sentence that they had in there was like 20 years hard labor, and then there was a bunch of them like that, and then the other guys were going to get the death sentence for either murder or rape or whatever. But they still have to go through this intensive training uh, throughout the first half of the movie to get ready for the mission and to build their um, to build their um, little camp where they're going to do the training. And like I said, a lot of humor throughout that, uh, uh, just putting up the buildings and stupid shit happening or when they're training and they're trying to climb the fucking ropes or making fun of each other because they're all fucking assholes. <laughs> you know, Posey, what kind of name is that for a guy like you? And how Lee Marvin talks and shit, you know, you, you made one mistake, you let him see you do it. You know, he just, the, the, sometimes Lee Marvin, the way he talks is just funny. Um, anyway, Telly Savalas, what a fucking, uh, like I was just talking about the, the guy that was in, um, um, Oh, what the fuck's his name that was in uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer? Uh, when I was going to say what a piece of shit he is, Telly Savalas, I was just going to say what a fucking piece of shit. But I mean, it's just the character he's playing. I'm sure he was a great guy. <laughs> he's probably a piece of shit then, too, uh, in real life. But um, there's so many iconic scenes in this. Uh, but then the second half of the movie gets down and dirty, and that's when they're going on the fucking mission. And I mean, this is like, we're going, and it, I know it's war, but you're going and fucking killing these people. And a lot of the killing is like stabbing, you know, coming up behind him and stabbing him and fucking, you know, you go up behind somebody who's standing there smoking a cigarette talking to their friend and you come up behind him and take a fucking bayonet and stab him in the kidneys or whatever, you know. And then there's uh, one thing that I was amused by was um, the amount of Germans that were either half dead because it was like back then, this is 1967, back then um, the American soldiers couldn't just be killed they it had to be like you know in in the in the world war ii movies with the japanese the japanese had to be like that dog fucking sneaking up behind me and biting me they had to they had to be sneaky or something had to happen where it's like god damn just to make you mad because they build up you know you got to know these characters throughout the movie and and they build them up so you you know the the funny things and you got to like some of them except for Telly Savalas Maggot who if you liked him you're fucked up I admire the fact that Telly Savalas played such a piece of shit and was willing to do it you know that's a, that's a fucking pretty juicy role playing the god you know the biggest scumbag piece of shit rapist murderer and everything else psychopath but um, so you're invested in these people and you want them to go through the mission but but then. Um, 
they're doing their job and everything's going good, but there's always like uh, a German that got shot and he's half fucking dead, but he raises up and you know shoots or there's a uh they're killing all these germans and they're just you know there happens to be this one german that crawls up to the top of a tower and he's sniper and he shoots one of the guys that you really like and the guy does his death scene or you know uh one guy you know you think oh my god they're gonna make it yeah 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 and then there's like a bah, you know <laughs> so you know there's always some fucking goddamn german that fucking pops up and has to kill somebody but so i thought that was pretty funny um Ralph Meeker in this was really good because in the first part of the movie, it's like, hey, there's Ralph Meeker, but all he's doing while while um, Borgnine and Lee Marvin are talking, and Borgnine's, uh, you know, Lee Marvin would say something smart, and Borgnine's like his superior officer and is just giving him shit, and and uh, and Ralph Meeker's just sitting there and he's like writing down on a fucking pad. I was like, is he just like a secretary or something? Well, he's a psychiatrist. So when they go and they get the camp done and they're doing all their um, their um, training they all have to go in and talk to ralph meeker and he's questioning them to see you know get building a psychological profile and then he's going to leave marvin and say listen these motherfuckers are going to kill you <laughs> which i thought was, this it's this is just a really entertaining fucking movie i mean you can't look at it like a you know straight up fucking saving private ryan or come and see you know kind of movie. this is like a kelly's heroes magnificent seven uh you know type movie where it's an ensemble cast uh and it's just fun clint walker's excellent in this as posey jim brown fucking charles fucking bronson oh, hey get the fuck out of here george kennedy <laughs> god you know um excellent fucking movie i i've watched i haven't seen it in, in quite a while this is one that they used to show on tv a lot uh but then some of you know when they started um uh, robert weber was really good in this too i wanted to bring him up because it was um you had um lee marvin of course and then the the officers were uh, um robert weber ernest borgnine and george kennedy and then of course like i said uh, ralph meeker was you know he he was he was pretty friendly uh he was the psychiatrist but the other guys and george kennedy was too it seemed like he had more like a friendship outside of he was a major too and lee marvin was major but it seemed like they were they had like a, a friendly relationship whereas um borgnine he i don't think he fucking hated lee marvin's character but he played the part of he knew how to play the part of the commanding officer and i'm talking about his character you know i don't think that he like fucking but robert weber and um and uh, robert ryan fucking hated their characters did not like uh major reisman uh robert weber because he found him to be like insubordinate but then there was like a rivalry between uh uh colonel breed and Major Reisman, which is Lee Marvin and Robert Ryan, who were also in The Professionals together. So, but anyway, check out, if you haven't watched it in a while, check out fucking The Dirty Dozen again. This is one that's just excellent. It, it's a, it's a, they have a 7.8 stars on this. This is like a fucking 10. How the fucking The Dirty Dozen not be a 10? Go, go to hell. Um, Anyway, the next movie I watched was really fucking good. I thought it was really good. Now, IMDb gives it a 7.0. You know, again, what the fuck? I watched this, and I and I had never heard of it. I rented it on iTunes. It was one that where it said, you may have missed this or whatever. Or maybe it was under Independent or something, but I just rented it. 
didn't know what it was, didn't know what it was about or anything. And at the beginning, I swear it said, this is not a true story. But it was a fucking true story. It was, this is, um, and as, as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, they got these guys to play, these actors to play these guys when they're older and they're telling the story. And then they have the younger actors that played the guys when they're younger. This is a really fucking good movie, and I'm not going to tell you anything else about it. Um, I like the story. The acting was all really good in it. The one kid in it was the one... Wait a minute, let me find him here real quick. He is the one, I believe, that played in Mud. Yes, or no, uh, what was he in? He was uh, he was the uh, the kid in Dunkirk, uh, on the boat. Uh, he was in Killing uh, of a Sacred Deer. Was he in Mud? I thought he was in Mud. Between Canal Stand, Stalker, Stalker. I know that wasn't the Stalker I'm thinking of. Uh, I don't know what this is. Mentally unstable homeless man attempts to save his new and only friend from a world of drug dealers that make his life a living hell. Living hell. I thought this bastard, maybe I'm thinking about him that he was in um, uh, Dunkirk. That's probably where I saw him from and recognized him. It was not the kid from Mud, I don't think. Uh, 71, that's the one about the, I think, Ireland. Enduring the Troubles. Mammal. Killing a Sacred Deer. I saw that. I thought it was really good. That's a really good movie. Dunkirk. Really good movie. American Animals. Okay, check out American Animals if you've never seen it. If you've never heard of it. If, if you're into the kind of person that doesn't mind um, trailers. But I would say go into it blind. Go into it with a ZOM recommendation. I really liked it. <laughs> now, I don't know how good my reputation is. Because, like, you know, some of you might, when I say check this out, you might not fucking think it was worth a shit. Okay. I watched... Um, American Animals, check it out, seriously. Uh, 2018's The Christmas Chronicles. This is a Netflix, made-for-Netflix movie, which some of these are really good. They're definitely worth a watch. Some of them, you know, they're not going to fucking, uh, you know, uh, goddamn, uh, what the fucking, Streetcar Named Desire or On the Waterfront or something like that, but, you know, they, they're putting out some good movies, you know, from a six to a goddamn probably eight uh, you know, some of them. The Christmas Chronicles is really good. Uh, uh, of course, I watched it after Christmas. Directed by Clay Cadis, uh, and it stars Kurt Russell as Santa Claus, <laughs> which is fucking awesome. Uh, Darby Camp and Judah Lewis. This is a really good movie. Now, not only did I enjoy it, and I like fucking all different kinds of fucking movies, you know, fuck, I'll watch a goddamn porn movie, I'll watch fucking an ultraviolet movie. Uh, comedy, you know, I don't know, uh, all, you know, car movie, Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, Marlon Brando classics, I'll watch Dr. Caligari, and, you know, whatever, foreign movies, um, but I enjoyed this movie, Kurt Russell has so much charisma, he's awesome as Santa Claus, uh, but you could also watch this with a kid. It's entertaining enough for an adult, uh, it doesn't have adult themes or anything, I mean, he might get in a fucking car and 
cops are chasing him and stuff. But that's about it. There's no swearing in it. There's no uh, violence or anything like that. But it's a it's a good movie. It's a it's this I think would be will end up being um, you know like Bad Santa. Okay, yeah, people watch Bad Santa, but I mean it's a dirty fucking movie. It's about Christmas, sort of, but it's a dirty fucking ass movie about some you know fucking perverted scumbag and and i you know like that even that i'm not looking down my nose at it. i'll watch it and laugh about you know how fucking what a piece of shit billy bob thornton is in it and everything fucking these girls and everything these santa claus or not you know playing santa claus but um this one is one that i would you know when you talk about uh christmas movies that you might watch like a christmas story about the red rider bb gun you'll shoot your eye out and all that shit or uh you know what the fuck was that jimmy stewart one that loaf likes that that's the fucking legendary and i uh i mean i didn't like that movie um it's not that it was just i don't know man it just didn't work for me uh i start and again people bear with me because i don't know if my memory's going or if i'm getting it's probably from that tumor um, the goddamn, you know what I'm talking about. The fucking Christmas movie with Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's driving me crazy, though, now. She drives me crazy. Winchester 73, that's a good movie. Uh, you can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. He wasn't in that. Jimmy Stewart was not in Alice's Restaurant. Goddamn, Jimmy Stewart was in a fucking... He went all the way back to 1934. wonder when he became a big star. What was his first big break? Jimmy Stewart. Let me find... Let's see. Let's see what... Let me slide up here and see what... The first... Uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. That's 39. Destry Rides Again. I've heard of that. Philadelphia Story. Heard of that? I mean, I've heard a lot of these now. You know, wonderful, it's a wonderful life. Is what I was looking for, but you know, that's a, of course, you know, it's a good movie. I, I just it for as legendary as it is. When we watched it, I was not blown away at all. But that is one that people watch every Christmas, and and like I said, more of I'm talking about movies like Bad Santa, uh, Christmas Vacation stuff. Those are more adult themed, like you know, Dinky had the shits, and you know, uh, Chevy Chase going to the fucking counter in the store and the chick has the great big giant luscious boobs uh you know so you're not you probably don't want to watch that with a little kid but you could watch this with a little kid but also watch it with like like your a girlfriend or a wife and not sit there and watch billy skinny ass billy bob thornton you know ass fucking somebody um that's good kurt russell <laughs> and uh i watched 2017's uh gook g-o-o-k this was directed by justin chon and written by Justin Chon, and it stars Simone Baker, Justin Chon, and Curtis Cook Jr. Um, I'll give you the synopsis of this, or at least a little bit of it to let you know what it's about. Uh, Ellie and Daniel, two Korean-American brothers, own a struggling shoe store and have an unlikely friendship with uh, Camilla, a streetwise 11-year-old African-American girl. And this takes place during the Rodney King uh, beating and the riots. And so you have... uh, like I said, uh, when they say an unlikely friendship, you have this this friendship with this little African American girl. She hangs out at this uh, this store uh, that these two Korean uh, you know brothers run, and they're fairly young. They're in like maybe like uh, early twenties, and but then you but it, it shows not only the violence of what happened you know when the Rodney King riots and the build up to that, but just the 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 shitty racist kind of 
nasty shit that went on between uh, the African American community, some of them, and some of the uh, you know the Korean. Uh, store owners, shop owners, and things like that. It's a pretty good movie. This one did not like you know light my fire, and you know I was like oh like a American animals or whatever. But it's still a good movie, and it's not super super duper long. Uh, it's a good story, so I liked it, and the actors were good in it and everything. It's just one of those ones where you see somebody being bullied, and every time you know like one of those deals where somebody's walking home, and every time they're walking down the street, you know, and some assholes pull up in a car, the same guys, just like predators, you know, looking for the weak, uh, you know, antelope in the at the back of the pack or whatever. Uh, second Kurt Russell movie was 2013's The Art of the Steel, S-T-E-A-L, uh, S-T-E-A-L as in uh, thieves. Um, this is directed and written by Jonathan Sobel. Uh, Crunch Calhoun. Now, that's the first thing I thought was funny, is uh, Kurt Russell's name is Crunch Calhoun. He's sort of like Johnny Blaze in uh, Ghost Rider. He's a um, uh, motorcycle stunt rider, but also a con man. And uh, he has like a, a, a little gang of thieves. Not a little gang, like little kids. Because uh, one of them is uh, his brother, who is Matt Dillon. And one of the things that I was, when I was watching this, I was thinking about how Matt Dillon, uh, I think I talked about uh, The Outsiders and Tex and... Um, uh, drugstore cowboy and some of the movies that Matt Dillon was in when he was really on a on a high note, and then you know he's making like Armored Car and this movie, and um, he really you know uh, I was going to stop Hope of Greenwich Village, Rumblefish. Uh, he really was hot there for a while. Still, I mean, for his age, he's probably like my age. How old is this cocksucker? Let me look him up, Matt Dillon. And I look like shit, but I mean, you know. He's Matt Dillon. I got my keys on the finger, keys on the wrong fingers. Uh, you always have to fucking gun. That's a hell of a name to pick. Oh, he's he's a year older than me. Um, but Matt Dillon's still a good-looking guy. He's a good actor, you know. And but I don't know if he chose to, or maybe he wasn't getting really good parts or something. Because you look here and you got to. Okay, he started out uh, my bodyguard. He when he played Mooney, and he was a piece of shit in that. He was like Otis and uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, or that fucking uh, um, goddamn fucking Telly Savalas in the fucking Magnus or Magnus. Uh, what the hell is that fucking movie called? Dirty Dozen, or the the when I was talking about Gook, the guys that drove around the car, and when they'd see the the weak kid go beat the shit out of him, that was Mooney. You know, Matt Dillon, when you see think about My Bodyguard, you're like, man, Matt Dillon's a piece of shit. Grease back hair and everything. Little Darlings, that's one that I want to watch again, but that's another one where the music uh, that was used in the movie, in, uh, you know, I don't think they have the rights to or whatever. So that, And I want to see that one again. Christy McNichol and uh, Armada Sante, or Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill and Armada Sante and Matt Dillon. <coughs> I want to watch that one again. That one's from my childhood. 1980. Tex, which I watched and I talked about. Rumblefish, I've talked about on the show. I really like that one. Francis Ford Coppola and the Outsiders. Flamingo Kid, that was him and Gretzky's wife and Richard Crenna. Drugstore Cowboy, excellent movie. Singles, excellent movie. Uh, Saint of Fort Washington, I think I saw that. That's him and Danny Glover, but I can't remember that much about it. Directed by Tim Hunter. Uh, let's see. To Die For, Beautiful Girls, In and Out. 
something about Mary. He started doing some comedy stuff, Wild Things. That's where Kevin Bacon showed his big old dong. And that's when Denise Richards had her big old titties. Uh, and that's what they said it was funny. It was like she got breast implants and she said, oh, I think they're too big. And I'm like, no, they're not too fucking big. And I hate to say that because, you know, you women, you get into that breast implant thing and we've had it for so long now. But like when we're talking about porn and the women with the real breasts and you know you have small and big and some of them aren't the same size and just like a normal person but she really did look good with those big tits because she went to get breast implants and the doctor put in like i think he they said he put in bigger ones than she wanted but goddamn if you watch wild things they look fucking good and then all of a sudden here's denise richards with these big beautiful tits and then you would see her uh after that and she had she was almost completely flat chested so but you know that's good for her because like i said you you i see some of these um um things in the news here lately where uh these women after they've had these breast implants like saline breast implants and stuff for so many years and they go to either have them taken out or have new ones put in and they they have like black mold inside the bags and stuff i mean that's you know i don't know man we're weird human beings are fucking weird um I wait until they come out with a cock implant. <laughs> you get a big old nine inch fucking dick and then you figure out that your girlfriend or your wife or whatever is like, God damn, that fucking thing is that's too big. Um okay, it says two thousand he made his director directing debut, City of Ghosts. Now that's him and James Kahn, and I believe they're in like Thailand or Vietnam. Cambodia. Okay. And uh this is after all the 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 horrible stuff i believe but i i want to see that i almost rented it fact totem i really like that's the one where uh the bukowski uh movie i thought he was excellent in that me uh, you me and du- dupree was horrible i fucking hate fucking owen wilson uh kate hudson has a nice little ass on her back then uh and that's probably why owen wilson tried to kill himself because he loved that ass and it went away um nothing but the truth who is in that i mean i know it's matt dillon but never heard of that so he kind of starts getting into this uh, eh, crash of course he was in that and that won an oscar but that movie wasn't that good that was one of those ones where you look back and think what the fuck how the hell did that win an oscar but it was all about like police brutality and all the racism and stuff so it kind of it was one of those ones that definitely when they say it was oscar bait but there was a lot of me you and dupree what the fuck if that thing would have got an oscar i'd have went out and bashed owen wilson's fucking head in i hate him um no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bash his head in. But man, I don't like. It. I, and he's probably the nicest guy in the fucking world. But man, he gets on my fucking nerves. He sucks. Um, so Kurt Russell plays Crunch. That movie wasn't that good. It was. It was worth a watch. It's um, about average. Uh, Kurt Russell, of course, is you know it's funny to see him. He's old and got some jowls, but um, it's it's just very cookie cutter, very average. Uh, the one thing that I did like is you have Terrence Stamp show up in that. So that's kind of a plus. So you get Matt Dillon, Kurt Russell, and Terrence Stamp. I don't like that Jay uh, Bar Barichel. No, he was in Goon. He was the guy that played uh, fucking Goons, <laughs> the uh, Stifler's fucking f- uh, friend. But I don't like him at all. I don't think he's funny. He's uh, too much of a douchebag. What else is that cocksucker in? I don't like him at all. Um, the end. Uh, this is the end. Uh, I like Goon. Love Goon. That was my movie of the year. Was this bastard's a director? What the fuck did he ever direct? 
Goon, the last of the Enforcers, he directed that, and I fucking did not like this. I loved Goon. Like I said, that was my number one movie that year, but uh, and I couldn't wait to see the the sequel. But man, he fucked it up. He uh, he tried to it, it just it was tried too fucking hard. Uh, forget it, dude. Your your shtick is not funny, uh, and it wears thin real real fucking fast. Um, this is cocksucker, and I don't want to see any more of his movies. Uh, lots of TV shit, garbage, garbage, garbage. Don Pip, Don Peyote. What a fucking stupid fucking douche. RoboCop. Give me a break. Fucking Peter Well. I, I fucking uh, what's his name? Clarence Boddicker. I wish that fucking Clarence Boddicker would have came back and fucking shot you in the fucking head, you stupid dick, for uh, making Goon too. It wasn't that bad, but just, he's horror. He fucking sucks. Um, he makes me mad. That's how I, why I don't like him. Um, okay, let's move on. That's stupid. To, to even belabor that point. Fucking dumbass. Big-haired, stupid douche. Uh, let's see. Kurt Russell, Crunch. Crunch was funny. That was funny. Okay, now the movies I bought, now some of them, these are inex- inexplicable. Why some of them I bought? Because I already have them. I bought some movies that I already fucking have because they were on sale at Christmas. And but for some reason, I like I might have them on digital download and I bought a DVD, but they were only like a, a dollar or 2 bucks or something. And it was hard to pass up. Okay, and one of here's here's an idea of one of these. And let me see if you can guess uh, what this movie is. Um a mysterious Hollywood stuntman and mechanic moonlights as a getaway driver and finds himself in trouble when he helps out a neighbor. I've got this fucking movie, and I've seen it a million times. Now, that's not the point, because I'll watch a movie over and over and over. And I love Ryan Gosling, and I love Carrie uh, Mulligan, um, but and Brian Cranston, and Oscar Isaac. I love everybody in this. I love, um, what's his face? Albert Brooks was fucking excellent. Ron Perlman, I love Ron Perlman. Russ Tamlin is in this, and he was in the Dennis Hopper documentary. But, um, big Christina, big tits. Big real, t- well, those aren't real. Because when she was younger and was modeling, she was completely flat-chested. And now she's got like size 40 triple E. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, but Drive is a good movie. I bought it because it was cheap. I will watch it again, and I will watch this ver the this disc. I did not like Sicario: Days of the Soldado, but I fucking bought it. It was cheap. It was Christmas, and it was Black not Christmas. It was Black Friday. It was after Thanksgiving, and it was on the display, and it was like a fucking dollar ninety nine or a buck or something. It's worth buying. I I don't have a copy of this, so I can say that I like the first one again. I liked Emily Blunt in that. Some of you guys did not like Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt added the part, the piece to it that made it... You needed to have that innocent, nice girl with a great ass. And everything revolving around her and her having to... I mean, here's... Fucking, I was going to say Coburn. <laughs> Brolin and Benicia del Toro were excellent in the first one, but they knew each other and they knew how dirty and shitty and and horrible and torture and all this stuff. By throwing in that person, that the outsider, that's what made that fucking movie. But this one was not that good. 
I would give it. I I did even sitting in the theater. I was sitting there looking at my watch. So you wanna be a soldado? That was awful too. That when he said that at the end, I groaned out loud. Um, I got the Blu-ray of Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice, and I didn't like this that much. Um, I like. Wonder Woman. She's awesome. She's hot. She's the best part of these movies. Uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. I think it's Gal Gadot. I would have said Gal Gadot, but I think she even said Gal Gadot. I don't like that fucking douche that played... uh, I guess he was playing Alexander Luthor because people were like, uh, he's playing Lex Luthor like a douche. But I think he was... They were saying that he was supposed to be Alexander Luthor. Which they... I think they even did say Alexander Luthor. Which are, that's two different characters. Um, I don't like Ben Affleck. He was okay, but I did not get a giant Woody. Some of these fucking people, these people online, fuck, if I say Christian Bale was the best Batman, I mean, they're fucking like, those movies suck. Christopher Nolan sucks. Those fucking movies were shit. Christian Bale sucked. Blah, 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 blah. If Ben Affleck's the greatest, I'm probably arguing with a seven year old kid. But anyway, and I don't like Henry Cavill, Cavill, whatever, as Superman. But I like Gal Gadot, and I like when she shows up and they play that music, and she's got a little skirt on, and she starts kicking ass. Nothing hotter than a, a hot, powerful, badass fucking woman. Uh, unless they're mean to me. Then I put them in their place. <laughs> After they leave. Uh, I Now, see, now this movie is just a... a, a no, what the fuck? Where the hell did I get this motherfucker? This is from a video store. Public library. Uh, what? Okay. It's from a public library, seven-day loan, and they have that scratched out. Must be, you know, when they get rid of books and stuff, I hope. I bought it. I think I bought this one on Amazon. Um, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Okay, now you know my politics, uh, but I bought this. And um, John Krasinski, who played Jim on The Office, is in this. And I kind of like, you know, they're trying to break him out of the of playing Jim on The Office. Because uh, he kind of got stereotyped or whatever, but he's Emily Blunt's husband in real life, and I admire any man that gets to touch that ass. She has a beautiful ass. Uh, but this, if you take the politics out of it and um, the rah rah sis boom bah, this is a pretty badass uh, action war movie. So you know, even though, like I said, you know the whole Benghazi thing, as far as them, you know, continually. Um, investigating Hillary Clinton over and over and over, finding nothing in each investigation, but redoing it over and over, trying to find something. I think that was bullshit, but that was that's a pretty good, exciting movie with just lots of just constant action, explosion, machine guns, and, bah, 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 and shooting and stuff like that. Um, the Two Faces of January. Now, I wanted to get this one because I want to watch it again. It was cheap. Um this is from the producers of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and the author of The Talented Mr. Ripley. Um, and when you watched it, I did not know that. And I was even thinking when I watched it the first time that this kind of reminded me of a Talented Mr. Ripley kind of a movie, which is Patricia Highsmith and uh, stars Viggo Mortensen, uh, Kirsten Dunst, who was, and uh, I was going to say who was uh, uh, Bad James's woman, but that is uh, Pepper Potts. What the fuck's her name? With the Hetha Lisp. Not Blythe. Blythe Danner's daughter. What's her name? Jesus Christ, you guys are no help. What the fuck is her name? Um, Blythe Danner's daughter. Pepper Potts. Pepper Potts. 
Who was Pepper Potts, you son of a bitches? You answer me. Pepper Potts. 2014. Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I, it just came to me. I didn't. Even, I looked up Pepper Potts. There's actually an actor named Pepper Potts who was in Callister and Riches to Rags. So Gwyneth didn't even come up. But I, she has a little bit of a lisp. Anyway, but this is a good movie. I like Oscar Isaac. I like Vigo, two of my favorite actors. Kirsten Dunst. She's got some fangs, but she'll do. Uh, but this is good. I like it. Check that one out. Um, now, this is even worse than Drive. Because not only do I have the digital download of this movie, I may have... No, I don't think I have the DVD of it. But I bought a DVD of it. And you know... Let me let me, let me me get back here. And again, you guys can guess what this one is <laughs> by the synopsis. Wait a minute. Where the fuck's it at? Oh, that's Soldado. I wasn't going back on my IMDb. You want so... You want to be a Soldado. That's like when we always make fun of when they have to say the the name of the movie in the goddamn fucking movie somewhere. Julian, a drug smuggler thriving in Bangkok's criminal underworld, sees his life get even more complicated when his mother compels him to find and kill whoever is responsible for his brother's recent death. Director and writer Nicholas Vindingreffen, starring The Goose, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, and Vithya Pansiringarm. Of course, it's only God forgives, which everybody knows. I love one of my favorite movies that I've watched a hundred fucking million times. I bought it. I bought. Okay, I bought this one. In the dark heart of a sprawling anonymous city, blank follows the twisting tales of two assassins carrying out a sinister mission, a teacher battling a failing uh, illness, and an enigmatic whatever. I'm not gonna. I have to click on something to get the rest of it. This is 2018's Terminal, which gets a 5.3 on IMDb, but it stars Margot Robbie, and I love her. Simon Pegg is good in this. Dexter Fletcher is good in this. Uh, who else is good in this? Mike Myers is... Yeah, he's good in this. He's not bad. Not great, but, you know, they'll throw him in some movies, um, like in um, in uh, Inglorious Bastards. He shows up, and, you know, it's kind of like, uh, fucking... He stands out like a sore thumb because he's Mike Myers and everybody knows he's Mike Myers. You put him in a funny movie, it's not as bad, but when you put him in a dramatic movie. But I like Margot Robbie. I think she is beautiful. She is beautiful. You guys think she looks like a dude. I don't get that at fucking all. And I thought this movie was pretty good. It wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but I thought it was pretty fucking good. And she's beautiful. Me, Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> How dare you. Um... Uh, the next one that I bought was a team of scientists explore an uncharted island in the Pacifics, venturing into the domain of the mighty Kong and must fight to escape a primal Eden. Now, I like this movie. One of the main reasons I like this movie that I want to watch it over and over and over, number one, is Brie Larson. Number two is Kong. Tom Hiddleston is really good in this. I really like him as the kind of, you know, soldier of fortune guy. He's pretty badass in this. Uh, but Brie Larson is so beautiful in this, and that's why I watch Free Fire like fucking 100 times since the last show. Um, I love her. I love her. Between her and Margot Robbie, I think I would take Brie Larson. I love her. I love everything about her. Margot Robbie, I love everything about her too. But Brie Larson is... She just, there's something, 
God damn, man, she's just got it all. She's got it all. <laughs> Toby Cabell is in this, and he gets, you know, I like some of the people, Shea uh, Wingham, and some of the people that are in this, and, and uh, they just fucking get the fucking piss knocked out of them. John C. Riley is good in this. John Goodman's good in this. John Goodman's really good in this. John C. Riley is on the, he's on the, on, I won't say the spectrum, but he is on the edge of me can't standing him because he makes his fucking shitty movies with Will Ferrell. But I like him in other stuff. He's really good in other stuff. But don't make Will Ferrell movies. Brie Larson. Jesus Christ. Oh, she's so good looking. Oh, and she's, oh, she's just, she's so special. <laughs> um, okay, now this one I bought. This is a cheapie. And you can tell because it has a little yellow sticker that says promo on it. And it's a uh, blank a driven, idealistic defense attorney finds himself in a tumultuous series of events that lead to a crisis and the necessity for extreme action. Okay, what is it? It's 2017's Roman J. Israel Esquire, uh, written and directed by Dan Gilroy and starring Denzel Washington and a very understated but really cool performance by Colin Farrell. I like when Colin Farrell, it's like when he was in the um, the movie... Um, with Kate Blanchett about the um, the reporter who oh Kate Blanchett Veronica Gurren I think that's what it was uh, he had a small part in that I like when Colin Farrell just is has like a small part now like I said about Mike Myers you're watching a movie and it's like Mike Myers like man he doesn't fit because it's Mike Myers and he's trying to do some impression you and Colin Farrell also in um, the Tom Cruise movie. Um, God damn it. Uh, Minority Report. Um, I like when he plays these kind of understated roles where he's not like the big star or anything. You know, it's kind of cool. Uh, who else was in Roman Israel? Roman uh, J. Israel Esquire? Amanda uh, Warren. Uh, what's his name was really good. Denzel Washington was really good in this. You know, he's been making like some of these um, action movies, which are okay. You know, and he does a good job. You know, he, he knows how to do the voice and how to be like badass and everything, but I like, uh, you know, this was a good story. I liked it. So I bought it. Cheapy. Cheapy, cheapy. Next movie that I bought. See, this is what you call content without having content, but without having to look shit up. Okay, now this one, another little thing here. We'll give you a few seconds to think about it. Uh, A young African-American visits his white girlfriend's parents for the weekend Uh, where his simmering uneasiness about their reception of him eventually reaches a boiling point. What's this movie? It was written and directed by Jordan Peele and stars Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Bradley Whitford, and it is 2017's Get Out, or as Sylvan Gold would say, Get Out. Want to watch this one again? Um, See, I was just telling somebody the other day that it's like with YouTube, with... Netflix with Prime with um, all the TV shows, the sport. I mean, any well, you can even throw in sports and any kind of entertainment. There's so much content. I'm just sitting here thinking. I want to watch this one. When I get off here, I want to watch American Hot Wax. I want to watch Get Out. I want to watch. Uh, I want to watch Roman J. Israel again. I want to watch Brie Larson. Anything that she makes. I want to watch uh, Two Faces of January again. Even the 13 Hours movie. Um, 
Jesus Christ, there's so much to do. Uh, so little time. And I feel like shit. Here lately, I've been not feeling good. I feel like I'm on the verge of getting the flu uh, or something or getting sick. I went to the doctor and they said, you know, my triglycerides were up for some reason. So I'm just eating a lot of good carbs like uh, raw vegetables and uh, stuff like that. And um, changed my medication up a little bit. Maybe that's why I'm not, you know, kind of feeling kind of weird. But like I said, I'm pretty sure I got a tumor. Uh, dangerous method. I won't even play the game on this because I think I talked about this last time. Look at how the intense relationship between Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud gives birth to psychoanalysis. Uh, I like Fassbender and I like Vigo. Um, what's her name? Kira Knightley's in the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. I can take her or leave her. She has a nice ass. <laughs> That's so sexist and so misogynistic. Um, this one is, uh, what's his face? Uh, Cronenberg, um, you know, you think of Cronenberg as, as the type, specific type of movies that he makes. I like the Eastern Promises uh, and uh, History of Violence, and, but this one is interesting, but kind of dry. But that's the subject matter. I like the. Um, it's got some sadomasochism in it, so I like that. I like uh, people, you know whipping people <laughs> getting off on it i don't know so anyway uh fast bender didn't show his big old dong and uh, you know what vigo has showed his dick quite a few times too. so you had fast bender and vigo both of them have showed their dick prominently in movies kira knightley i think i read in a magazine one time she said she didn't want anybody they she didn't want to show her ass naked she would show her tits but she wouldn't show her ass and it's like well you have no tits you're completely flat chested uh and you have a fairly nice ass for a skinny chick but you know what's the deal show that ass uh <laughs> this is horrible so i'm gonna move on but i i like when uh uh fassbender was doing stuff to her and she was like a doing stuff okay anyway um <laughs> uh, an aspiring photographer develops an intimate relationship with an older woman in 1950s New York. Really like this one. Carol from 2015. Kate Blanchett. I could be married to her. She could be my wife. Um, she's smart enough, talented enough, uh, good looking enough, but she would uh, be a good wife. I don't care. New, or, uh, no, I was going to say Numi Rapace. Uh, Rooney Mara is, I uh, would never date her. She creeps me out. She looks like a rat. She looks like a ferret. Her eyes look like doll eyes. She is the kind of person that, um, not scary. She's a, she's somebody that I have no, nothing for. And Emily doesn't like her either, but she is a fucking, I don't know what her deal is. She, I was going to say she, she has doll, doll eyes, uh, but she is a creepy weirdo. Kate Blanchett. Okay, now Brie Larson and Kate Blanchett. Hmm. See, Kate Blanchett's more my age. How old is she? Could I get her? Hang on a second. Kate Blanchett. I want to see if I could get her. Kate Blanchett. Okay, Kate Blanchett. Why am I looking up on IMDb? Can't find anything on there about age. Kate Blanchett. Please make her close to my age. I love her. Yes! Okay, she's just a few years younger than me. I could get her. I think she is beautiful. I love Kate Blanchett. Brie Larson is beautiful in a different way. 
Brie Larson like makes every part of me like go, oh my god, she is just a Kate Blanchett is the kind of person that I would like if she if she if we wanted to get married, I would be like this is this is somebody that you would be with for the rest of your life. She's very awesome. Uh, just an interesting, talented, wonderful person. She might be the biggest bitch in the world for all I know. <laughs> I'm a douche. Oh my god, whatever. Anyway, okay. Speaking of uh now this is more Loaf's woman, but when I watched this movie, when I watched her in these movies, um she definitely is the kind of person especially when I see interviews with her, she's very like a like Scarlet's like this and Jennifer Lawrence is like this where they're fun and they're funny and 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 it seems but they but they're also very attractive and again badass. Um, this movie is when a pilot crashes and tells of a conflict in the outside world. Diana, an Amazonian warrior, is trained in training, leaves home to fight a war, discovering her full powers and true destiny. Of course, this is 2017's Wonder Woman, and I'm talking about Gal Gadot. Uh, like Chris Pine, uh, Chris Pine, Keanu could be like you know, a really good friend, guy that come over and hang out just fucking have a good time fucking laughing watching stupid shitty movies sitting in the bean bag eating fucking cheerios and just going motorcycle riding he likes to ride motorcycles chris pine i like chris pine too uh robin wright robin wright's the kind of person that would be a good wife i think um you know danny houston man i like him i like him a lot I like his dad too and his directing connie nielsen she's got some nice boobs for old skinny girl tall skinny one uh, who else is in this song, bitch? Uh, Ewan Bremner. Bremner. I like him. Uh, I've seen him in several movies. He was in Train Spotting. He is very good. Lucy Davis. Who is that? Lucy Davis. Who's Lucy Davis? Oh, she was in the original Office. Okay, I don't know her. Uh, I believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of a heart. Uh, that might be all that I need to talk about this one, but Gal Gadot is very beautiful, uh, and she's married. She's very, she's, she, I wish her all the best. She seems like a good gal, Gadot. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, okay, now this one might take a, I don't know, the synopsis, you probably get it right off. In the near future, crime is patrolled by a mechanized police force. When one police droid, Chappie, is stolen and given, uh, uh, new programming. What's this? Oh, somebody said something on my phone. Uh, he becomes the first robot with the ability to think and feel for himself. Okay, now this is, of course, I said the name. 2015's Chappie, another cheapie from Walmart, um, and $3.74. Uh, I like Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman seems like a really fucking nice guy. And I love Shalto Copley. If I haven't said that a million times, Free Fire, Shalto Copley is awesome. That's one of my favorite movies to watch now. Sigourney Weaver is the kind of woman that would say stuff that would like piss me off. She would look at me condescendingly and roll her eyes when I said something stupid. And even though I would probably like her and I wouldn't say anything back to her, I would always remember that and I would always remember that um, and I, it would never be, I don't know. Yeah. Our friendship would be strained because she is a bitch. <laughs> Hugh Jackman, I like Hugh Jackman, man. He's an awesome guy. Um, 
Okay, now this is another one I have on digital download. I've seen it. I've talked about it a million times. As a war between humankind and monster sea creatures wages on, a former pilot and, and, and a trainee are uh, paired up to drive a seemingly obsolete special weapon in a desperate effort to save the world from the apocalypse. This is uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim from 2013. I love Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. And why did you not make the new Hellboy? I think the trailer looks like shit. Um, and I want it to be so good because I love Hellboy, BPRD. I love Dark Horse Comics. Um, Idris Elba is awesome in this. Charlie Hunnam is Charlie Hunnam. He's, you know, eh, about average, but still, if you're a chick, he's got a good body. He's got some that swagger girls like um but i love what's her name rinko kikuchi jesus christ i love her um i liked her in kumiko and i liked her in um what was the other one that i really liked her in 47 ronin you all fucking hate that fucking movie i love that movie i love keanu in that movie and i love her in that movie as a witch. She plays a witch. Um, and I like uh, Hiro, Hiroyuki Sanada. Uh, he, I believe, I'm pretty sure, was the one that played uh, Harada in The Wolverine with Hugh Jackman. So he is fucking awesome. I like him a lot. And I think she is beautiful. Honky tonk man. Mm-mm-mm. You guys hate that movie? I love it, and I'll watch it again, just in spite of you. Next movie I watched, of course. Now, this one I watched uh, on YouTube uh, when we reviewed it, but I wanted a copy of it. I didn't have a copy of it. And I did not get the Criterion. I got the Vintage Classics, uh, MGM Vintage Classics movie. What's this? Thank you for your purchase. If there are any problems or questions, please contact. Okay, well, they put that on there since I bought it. Okay, and this is... um, Do I have a synopsis? A doomed female hitchhiker pulls blank into a deadly whirlpool of intrigue revolving around a mysterious great what's-it. And this movie, that's pretty vague. Uh, And it's got a MacGuffin, and I took the name out. But if I put the name Mike Hammer in there, then you know it's Kiss Me Deadly from 1955. Uh, by Robert Aldrich, written by Mickey Spillane, and um, I was just talking about Ralph Meeker in The Dirty Dozen, and he is my camera. You know, in this... Oh, I love this movie. I love Ralph Meeker as my camera. God damn it, I got the hiccups, which is the worst thing that can happen on a podcast, other than me having to go take a shit. Let me just continue here. Hopefully they'll go away. Ralph Meeker as Mike Hammer is perfect. Robert Aldrich, if he was the one that directed him on how to act as Mike Hammer, he got it down right because Mike Hammer's a bad motherfucker and he likes fucking beating the shit out of fucking tough guys. I love that, man. It's awesome. He'd get this fucking kind of grin. You know, if I was walking down an alley and a guy was following me and I thought this guy was going to fucking pull out a switchblade and stab me, I'd be fucking scared and I'd be like, and if when it was like, if nothing happened, I'd be like, God damn, thank God. You know, oh, nothing happened. But, Mike Hammer wants that to happen. When something like that's going to happen and he thinks it's going to... Man, he gets fucking... I don't know if he got turned on, but man, he was ready to beat some fucking ass. I love it. Um, I got the 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray and... What's that say? Is that underneath the sticker? 
probably says digital. It's got like three different fucking things. I don't have 4K Ultra HD. I want to get a TV for that. I was thinking about getting a new TV, a big one, because they're getting cheaper and cheaper. Um, this one has... But anyway, I can't... I don't pull that sticker up. It'll still have the shit, and I probably still won't be able to see it. But this is... Um, okay, let me go back. Play my little game here. Oh, it's not in there. So anyway, no synopsis for this one. Uh, this is The Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Um, it's got Channing Tatum in it, but not for long, and I don't like that fucker. Uh, I like him in when he dances, but, you know, everybody else in it was good. I like What's-His-Face, Elton John. Now i got to fucking be able to try and read this. Colin Firth is awesome. Um, I, I like the whole story in this. This was really good. I thought it would be shitty, but it's not. Um, Jeff Bridges... Taron Edgerton is awesome. Mark Strong is awesome. Uh, so I bought this. So I have about three different kinds of formats of copies of this in one disc. And I can't remember how much this one was. It was pretty cheap. Go deeper into the world of the Kingsman with two hours of extras. Two hours of extras? Wow. Check that one out. I bought uh, Gerard Butler, Pablo Schreiber, who I really like in this movie. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. and Curtis Finnesant Jackson in The Den of Thieves. This is the unrated version. And it also includes the theatrical version, but why would you want to watch that if you can watch some puss and some killing? And uh, I just heard that, um, or read uh, a week or so ago, that they were doing a sequel to this of Thieves. And Gerard Butler is going to re- do his Big Nick O'Brien character. Big Nick O'Brien. So I kind of like that. You know, um, the ones about, like, uh, White House Down or uh, whatever the fuck with Gerard Butler, eh, those were alright. But I like him as this Big Nick O'Brien, this big fucking cop who's kind of a little bit not real, not skinny. He's kind of like Russell Crowe. What Gerard, Gerard Butler is kind of like Russell Crowe. You know, when he was in real good shape, you know, you think, man, that guy's got some big fucking arms, big chest and everything. But when he gets a little bit older, he's like me. He kinda, you know, you start getting a little old man look, you know, older man, older. <laughs> you're you're still you're still big, but you're not like Lee. <laughs> you look like Dick the Bruiser and the fucking Crusher Lasowski. But uh, I I thought this movie was good. I actually so I fucking bought it. It's it's um it's a cheaper version of of Heat, uh, kind of the same concept and everything. But I thought it was pretty fucking good. I enjoyed it. Big Nick O'Brien. That's like Crunch. Uh, when uh, Kurt Russell plays Crunch. Um, I got uh, the Blu-ray DVD and digital HD of Keanu Reeves and John Wick Chapter 2. Which I didn't think was that great. Um, I like John Wick Part 1. Now this Rose... What the fuck's this chick called? Something Rose? I just saw her in a fucking movie in The Meg. Which I forgot. I didn't even talk about that. John Wick 2. John Wick 3. Fuck, 2019. What's going to be on that one? Let me look at this real quick. The th- oh, Keanu's riding a horse down the fucking street with motorcycles chasing him. What the fuck? The third installment of the John Wick series. Literally, Keanu is in that black suit with a tie and the white shirt riding a fucking horse. There is a Jeep Patriot. It's like he's in traffic under a railway bridge, maybe. And there's guys on like fucking uh, crotch rockets chasing him. Now, goddamn motherfucker, that sounds good to me. Uh, Keanu Reeves, Ian McShane. Well, hell, it's got to be a whole bunch of different people because everybody gets killed in the other ones. Um, oh, God. Halle Berry. Ugh. 
Angelica Houston, Lawrence Fishburne, of course he was in the last one. Lance Reddick, I like him. He is the guy that runs the hotel. Uh, Asya Kate Dillon, I don't know who she is. Oh, there's uh, uh, Hiroyuki uh, Sanada. Okay, that's cool. Kim and Keanu must be buddies from 47 Ronin. That's cool. If Hugh Jackman was in this, I would jack off in my mouth. Um, No, I wouldn't. That would be gross. Anyway, um, let's see. What's the deal here? God damn, man. Keanu on a fucking horse being chased by motorcycles. I'm down with that. That's That's got John Wick 2 beat already. Oh, I was going to look up that gold girl. What's her name? Um, John Wick 2. John Wick 2. True Grit with John Wayne. That was below there. Let's see. Okay. What's her name? Is it not Audrey Rose? That was a movie. Ruby Rose. Who's this Ruby Rose? Everybody's got a big boner over this Ruby Rose. She was in Orange is the New Black, which is on Netflix, but I have not watched that. I probably should watch it. I heard it was good. And then that show, Weeds, uh, the HBO series, I think it's on HBO. Weeds is on there in its entirety. So that might be another one to pick up that I might want to get. Now, okay, now this is, I'm going down a, a hole here. She must be in fucking Triple X Return of Xander Cage from 2017. Okay, I missed this, so I did not see this. Is it fucking out on DVD? Because, number one, I hate Vin Diesel. Um, I don't know what it is that I hate about him. Number one, it's probably more for the Fast and the Furious movies. I thought that... Triple X was stupid the first one it was really stupid but now again Vin Diesel is like the same age as me and they make this goddamn Return of Xander Cage and this cocksucker is a skateboarding extreme sports star and he's like 50 fucking years old okay give me a goddamn break okay I fucking am laying in bed and roll over and my giant tumor in my back fucking hurts uh, you know, get, you know, this is just bullshit. Anyway, Tony Hawk's a little and skinny, and he probably still can't do the shit that he did back then because it just doesn't stuff doesn't work the way it used to, and you get hurt. Um, but this Ruby Rose, Ruby Rose Langenheim, better known as Ruby Rose, is an Australian model, DJ, boxer, recording artist, actress, television presenter, and MTV VJ. Okay, I already don't like her. That's just bunch of shit. No, I mean, I don't know. She's kind of got a look. Uh, hmm. What's her deal? She was notably the face of Maybelline. Maybelline! Why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline! Why can't you be true? You know what I'm talking about? Doing the old thing you used to do. God damn, man. I was rocking there for a minute. My voice didn't crack up or nothing. Anyway, the Meg... I didn't have any plans of talking about the Meg, but I enjoyed the shit out of that song, bitch. Jason Statham is the shit. Jason Statham is one of the best, if not... I think Jason Statham is the action star of our time. And that includes The Rock. And that includes that stupid fucking Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, just it's, it's not his look. He's got a great look. He just tries to act too cool, and it gets on my fucking nerves. Uh, I think, you know, it's like, come on, dude. Jesus Christ. You're a, probably the biggest pussy on a... If you have to try and act that cool... Like, Statham acts cool, but he 
smiles and has a sense of humor and, you know, he can do stuff like This fucking Vin Diesel. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, he just tries to act, you know, that, that fucking voice. You know, and just, just he's fucking got to be the biggest pussy or a douchebag or a fucking, he's in the closet. I don't know what his deal is. But there's something, when you have to project that much, I mean, fuck, the Meg was good. It was funny as hell. There were times where I was like, oh my God, Jesus fucking Christ, you know. Bing, Bing Lee, I guess that was that girl. She's a good-looking lady. What else was she in? Man, I'm going to have to look her up and stuff. What's this? Resident Evil Retribution. Man, I'm done with that. And I loved Mila back in the day. Mila Jovovich was my dream girl back in the first Resident Evil in the goddamn um, Lilu multi-pass, uh, <laughs> you know, and all that shit. Uh, even in the Joan of Arc movie, I loved her. I just thought she was so pretty and she was tough and had like a... But I'm done with those Resident Evil movies. Move on, girl. And she's in the fucking Hellboy movie. And I was kind of like, that's cool because she's kind of moving on. Now, she's done a lot of action movies and everything. And she's got, you know, of course she married that fucking putz. But, um, man, I don't know. She's a mom now. And she's kind of got the mom look. How old is Mila? She's... Because even back when I liked her, she was she was too young for me. Mila. She's probably in her mid-40s. Uh, Jovovich. Forty-three. Okay. Well, we got about ten years going there. Let's see. Okay. Let me bring that back to where I want it because i got something to talk about later. Daddy-o. Man. I asked for feedback, too, so I'm not a dumb fuck. But what's this Bing Bing Lee? She's very, very attractive, very attractive lady. Oh, the Meg? Yeah, I liked her in that movie. I mean, you know, she's good in that girl, in that, the fucking Meg. Uh, Ada Wong. Was she in another Resident Evil movie? I'm thinking I might have seen her in something else. Lots of foreign movies. I don't like that shit. Just kidding. Sometimes, man, I gotta be in the mood for subtitles, and I gotta be able to pay attention to the whole thing with no distractions, so I can read. I don't like subtitles as much on my iPad, at least if they're on the big TV. You know, I can watch them and see stuff and re- keep up with the subtitles. But this Ruby Rose, tough girl, kind of, yeah, I don't know. She looks like she could punch somebody and, you know, eat your girlfriend's pussy or something. Why'd I go down that road? Eh, maybe not. Yeah, she's... I, 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 she got a look. She has a distinct look. She got the tough girl tattoos. You know, kind of suicide... suicide I wouldn't say suicide squad. Suicide girls kind of a look. Uh, it's not that she's not attractive. And I usually, you know... Like Joan Jett and girls like that, I was always attracted to. This girl's kind of... I don't know. She looks like she'd be a fucking... Uh, mixed martial arts... Uh, what was her name that was in there the other day? Chris Cyborg Santos got her fucking ass whipped. She got the shit beat out of her in 50 fucking one seconds. Um, so I watched that. And she's taking way too many steroids. Cyborg looks like... Fuck, she looks more like uh, Vin Diesel than... I don't know. She 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 messed herself up taking that shit. But, then, you know, to each his own. That's what, you know, she don't care. and She got her ass whipped, I'll tell you that. Um... John Bones Jones tested positive for drugs and they still let him fucking fight. Of course, he beat shit out of the other guy. 
that's my US <laughs> UFC uh, thing. I also bought uh, Kingsman: The Secret Service. I uh, loved that movie. Thought it was really good. Uh, Colin Firth is just fantastic in that, uh, and uh, Mark Strong. That's a really good fucking movie, and I would watch it. Now that that girl in that one, um, what's her name? That was in the Mummy and uh, in that uh, Tom Cruise uh, monster movie. Was that the Mummy? Was she a Mummy in that? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm such a fucking moron. Uh, let's see here. Daddy-o. That's Samuel Jackson. Motherfucker! He says that a lot. Sophia Butella. She kind of has a look that is... Now, when you guys say that... Or whoever it was that said Margot Robbie looks manly or looks like a man... Sophia Butella has a very manly face to me. Um, if she was a lady boy or a, you know, I'm talking from the porn business, a she-male or a transsexual, even not in porn, it would not surprise me. She uh, And she's, I mean, you know, I don't know. She just has, for me, this is my opinion, and I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, she has a manly face. And she has a distinct look, though. I'm not saying that she's ugly. She looks like uh, she could have been my roommate in college. My male roommate. Anyway, let's go on. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. I've been saying I'm going to watch this. I still haven't fucking watched it. I bought the Blu-ray of that. Um, I heard that it was good. But um, I don't know. For some reason, that's why I didn't go see it in the theater. And it's probably why I haven't watched it yet. I don't know, man. I just I don't feel, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed. Uh, I talked about this last time. Of course, it's uh, Scarlett Johansson's Ghost in the Shell. I got the Blu-ray, DVD, and digital download of that. I love Scarlett. I love her body. She is somebody that I would date. Um, It probably wouldn't last. (laughs) It's like Jennifer Lawrence, you know. She's too young for me. Uh, But, man, she's just, she has got it all. She's got it all. Very funny. Um, but I think she liked to have a good time, and I would probably be boring. But I love her. I love all women that are hot. <laughs> okay, I got the uh, Blu-ray, DVD, and digital download of Logan, uh, which is Hugh Jackman. Logan. Uh, I love the story of this. I, I love how it was shot. Um, I like... Um, because I was always a big X-Men fan growing up. I got burnt out on him after a while. But um, what's his face? That goddamn son of a bitch. Um, blue is the color of the sky in the morning. Boyd Holbrook as Alexander Pierce. He was a bastard fucking cyborg in the fucking uh, comics. One of the was he like one of the Marauders or led some some bitch some bitch or was he in the Hellfire Club? I can't remember. I think it was in the Hellfire Club. Uh, but he was a bastard. But uh, Boyd Holbrook is good as Pierce. Um, Daphne Keen as Laura is good. What's she doing now? She's like one of these ones. What's she in besides Logan? She's looking like a little mean ass man. I'm telling you what, she was believable because she looks like a little mean ass. Oh, she's a little pit bull or something. 
Um, but uh, Hugh Jackman was just awesome in this. The way it was shot, the story, Patrick Stewart, and how things were kind of and you know shitty and you know it was like uh, the downturn of all the stuff. Like it wasn't like the X Men and their costumes. Everything's went to shit. And uh, Logan's an old washed up turd like me. And <laughs> you know, but this is a really good movie, man. I'm glad I got this one. Um, I, this is definitely a rewatch. Uh, again, it says on the back, high octane, but with the one thing that it says is unexpectedly unexpectedly moving. And that's the truth. It's not a shitty uh, X-Men movie. And I like some of those X-Men movies, but they're, they're kind of more cartoonish kind of a deal. This is not that at all. This is got the action. It's got the violence and stuff. But when it says unexpectedly moving and unexpectedly... Um, It's a better quality movie as far as the acting, as far as the story goes. It's not just a comic book movie. It is a good movie. Uh, got American Assassin with uh, Michael Keaton and uh, Dylan O'Brien, Sanya Lathan, Shiva Nagar, and Taylor Kish. Taylor Kish is uh, kind of uh, he's right there on the edge. He is serviceable but not good not great he's about a four but i've seen movies that he's in that aren't bad i kind of liked him as gambit in uh, the x-men movie i liked him better than if they would have put that taylor channing tatum i almost said taylor taylor tatum whatever anyway but i like michael keaton in this and i thought this was good some of you you know it's not great it's like that den of thieves it's not great but it's a pretty good action movie halloween 2 jamie lee curtis who is a hot woman hot lady she's pretty old now and she's still you know she's got she's a gilf now she's got to be a gilf mila's 43 i thought well you know yeah let's see um what's up she smokes too much mila she's getting that voice She's got the getting this China Chris Cyborg voice or Lauren Bacall deep brood fla- deep brood flavor. Uh Jamie Lee. Jamie Lee's older than me. She's gotta be. She's probably sixty. I would think. Eh? What's over and under on this people? I feel like I'm having a conversation with you guys. Yeah, she's sixty, so she's older. Now she's the one kind that I would meet on the internet and go over and do stuff and then fucking disappear. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, the movie. Got that on Blu-ray. Still haven't watched it. Still in the wrapper. I'm interested in to see what this is all about. Today's hottest kind of cool. A gritty, futuristic thrill ride that definitely delivers the goods. Man, what was that fucking Jeremy Piven movie about delivering the, the goods or something like that? A fucking car salesman tried to be used cars, but for the modern era, and it fucking sucked. I hate that son of a bitch. Um, Bad Education... Gail Garcia Bernal, a rapturous masterwork. Uh, still in the wrapper. Haven't watched this one yet. Uh, this is Loaf's guy. What's his face? What's that fucker's name? Oh, what's his name? Loaf loves this guy. Why isn't it easy to find this name? Uh, Almodovar. Yeah. Um, I have not watched this one yet. I want to watch it. I need to put this at the top of the pile. I've had this for a while now. And uh, it's just sitting there. Because I come home and watch YouTube and watch hockey and, you know, French Connection. I bought a copy of French Connection. And um, 
I have it, but the reason I bought this one, it's a good reason. Uh, the copy of French Connection that I have is on VHS. I bought Zero Dark Thirty again. I don't agree with the politics. I think this is kind of a whitewash, kind of a bunch of bullshit, kind of uh, that uh, justified torture and said that it worked, and that's why we fucking found Bin Laden when that's all kind of bullshit. Uh, why do you gotta waterboard a guy 87 times if waterboard works? Then he should have told you everything the first time, right? So you waterboard him 87 times and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's got a good cast. Um, good acting. It's shot well. It's what's-her-face. Uh, what's that? Catherine Bigelow, and I like some of her stuff. Uh, I like a lo- quite a bit of her stuff. I like that one with uh, Willem Dafoe, Loveless. And uh, what else did she She did some other stuff that I liked. I'm not going to say she didn't. Catherine Bigelow. She's not a bad-looking lady. Her locker was kind of crappy. I mean, it's stupid. If I know guys that are in the military that hate that movie. Uh, say it's really stupid. Near Dark, we reviewed that. That was pretty good. Uh, Strange Days with um, Rafe Fiennes and um, what's-her-face? Juliet Lewis and um, Angela Bassett. Man, she's a beautiful lady. That one movie was good, but it was too long. Even when I saw it in the theater, I thought it was too long. And it was uh, it was a little bit... Uh, Fickner is in that, too. I like him. He's a good actor. Uh, who else is in this? Glenn Plummer. Who's Glenn Plummer? Oh, I know Glenn Plummer. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. He was in Speed, Showgirls. He was the guy in Showgirls with the... That uh, with the uh, the dancer that was uh, getting the, what's her name danced with him in the apartment and he fucking jizzed in his pants. Nothing worse than jizzing in your pants with a fucking girl, man. It's embarrassing. So you just, if you do it, just get the fuck out, make an excuse, and leave. Because you're you know you're an ass. You're not an ass. You you know, but you know, you fucking dry hump too long. And fucking you gotta either fuck or whatever, but don't make out for too long. Get in there and get it done. Let's see, The Magnificent Seven. This is the new one. I have not watched with Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt. This is like the uh, sequel to uh, Pacific Rim. I imagine this one's going to sit in the wrapper for quite a while because I don't get a good feeling for it. I don't know if I, you know, I think it's going to suck. But my friend Greg's watched it. He bought it and watched it a hundred fucking times. But he does that with the shittiest movies. Oh, God. What the fuck? I bought um, Colossus the Forbidden Project. And this, I uh, bought this on Amazon. It came from the Dallas Public Library, Summon Day Loan. Uh, this has Eric Braden. Was he Eric Braden in this? Because he had his real name, which is not, which is German. But this is The Ultimate Computer Creates the Ultimate Terror in this chillingly real sci fi suspense thriller. When electronic genius Charles Forbin creates a massive computer complex that is capable of independently regulating the national defense of the United States, it appears that no enemy ever uh, will ever be able to penetrate its uh, sovereign borders. But such a promising thought turns into a stunning nightmare when it is discovered the Russians have built an equally sophisticated computer and that these two doomsday machines have linked, sharing classified... Oh, well, fuck, man, that sounds pretty good. I saw the... um, Somebody posted this on a, on a movie group. It was not Gentleman's Guide or one of our like brother groups, I don't think. And I thought, man, this is something I need to see. Eric Braden, I used to watch in the rat on the Rat Patrol, and what was his name before he was Eric Braden? Eric Braden, because he decided when he came to America, 
His real name is uh, Hans Gudengast. Gudengast. Uh, and he was born in uh, Kiel, Germany, or Kiel, or Kiel, Germany. Rolf might have to help me with the pronunciation of that. Um, but he, um, I watched him on the Rat Patrol TV shows, World War II TV show. And uh, he was also in Escape from the Planet of the Apes as Dr. Otto Haslin. And what says here he was in Titanic? John, John Jacob uh, Astor. Uh, but he has been on The Young and the Restless, the soap opera, as Victor Newman since Jesus Christ. I mean, I mean, fuck. He's been on that since I was a little kid. So I want to watch this. That's a that's an interesting concept. And you know what? That's uh, a concept that they could probably make that remake that movie now. I mean, of course, with all the technology we have, it would probably actually be even... If you say, like, had something with Putin and fucking that fucking moron uh, in the White House, and but say, I mean, say you make it modern day, it doesn't have to be Putin, but um, with all the technology and the talk of, um, uh, well, you've already kind of had something like that with Terminator, with, uh, you know, Cyberdyne and when it became self-aware and all that stuff. And the last thing, well, not the last thing, I got some more stuff. How much time we've we been on the sun? Because I gotta go to sleep. Oh God, we're two fifty. Oh, uh, so we got a little bit more time. Uh, the Americans complete second season. I watched the first one, and it's a good show. I'm gonna get caught up. I haven't watched. Uh, you know, it's been a while since I watched the first season, but I'm sure that the disc will get me caught up to remember what is happening. The apartment with uh, Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine, and Fred McMurray. Uh, like all of them, I thought Shirley MacLaine back then. Uh, she was just the cutest of the cute. Uh, that's my girl from way back when. Like if I, back then, she would be my girlfriend. Um, you can take Marilyn Monroe, you can take all these beauty, 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 beauties and everything. Shirley MacLaine with that little, like, pixie haircut, and she was just so cute. Oh my god, she was awesome. Uh, Earl Flynn, Errol Flynn in Dodge City with Olivia de Havilland and Anne Sheridan in Technicolor. This is a a classic movie, and it also, uh, it's known for having this huge giant brawl in the saloon uh one shot and about fucking a hundred people fucking beating the shit out of each other uh blu-ray of charlton heston henry fonda in midway uh war's defining battle a nation's defining moment this is one of those great big old huge uh 1970s world war ii movies um big epic kind of video. I bought uh, on Blu-ray Aliens 1 through 3. Alien, Aliens and Alien 3 um, on Blu-ray. I wanted to get those. I wanted to get them in that format so I can watch them be scared to death and it looks really good. Um, let's see. We'll go through these. I only have a couple more. Uh, my copy of McBain showed up. A macho action fantasy with Christopher Walken and Maria Conchita Alonso. <coughs> Taking on the drug lords is impossible. Taking on a country is insane. McBain on video cassette. Uh, step into the cult arena is what it says at the bottom of the thing there. This is a um, what you call it. This is a uh, uh, I don't know if it's a European format, but I have a um, multi-regional DVD player, so I'm gonna watch that. McBain. It's not very good. I've seen it. It's it's good to watch. Like as like I said when. Gentleman's Guide and everything when we 
you watch cult movies and make fun of them, you know, about the shit they wear and how they act and how stupid it is and, you know, cheesy and everything. Uh, this is a really good movie. I want to watch this one again soon. Uh, I've only watched it once. Loaf watched it, told me about it. Uh, I remember him, he didn't tell me too much about it because he said that he didn't want to give stuff away, but he said it was really good. I finally watched it and loved it. It's uh, Moonlight uh, with uh, Trevante Rhodes, Janelle Monet, uh, Naomi Harris, and Maharashala Ali. And this won the Academy Award for Best Picture. I thought this was really good. It was nothing what I expected it to be. And I liked it because it wasn't. It was it was awesome. Great acting. Great story. Um, like I said, it caught me totally off guard with the subject matter. But it was done so well. And um, it deserved to get the Oscar. I bought the Blu-ray of Jackie Chan's The Foreigner with Pierce Brosnan. Never push a good man too far. I watched this one one time. I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was really good. I like seeing uh, an older Jackie Chan, but still, it's almost like a fucking Jackie Chan is like a kind of a Rambo type deal. Um, and I, I got uh, this is just a regular DVD with a digital download of Murder on the Orient Express with Kenneth Branagh, Johnny Depp, uh, Jane, Dame Judi Dench. Uh, who else is in this song, bitch? A whole bunch of people. But I like Kenneth Branagh, and I believe he directed this. And I uh, hope, hope that they make uh, Penelope Cruz, Judi Dench, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I hope they make uh, the um, some of the other ones. Uh, Death on the Nile was one they kind of alluded to. Uh, because I like Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot, and I thought that was a good movie. I saw that one in the theater. Okay, well, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. That's about it. Um, I had mentioned, um, I don't know if I want to talk about this now, but when we were talking about porn last time, and I said something about Seika had said that uh, John Leslie, uh, in her book, what that he was a real piece of shit, she hated working with him, that he was... You know, he was mean. He's like a uh, misogynistic, but also um, kind of sadistic. Like when he would uh, screw the girls, he um, kind of like, like I, from what I remember in her book, it seemed like she was saying that he kind of got off on hurting the gr- women, uh, like um, and you know, like. Even if you're an actress, if this okay, if the scene, if the um, if the uh, dialogue called for this guy to be a real asshole, and that he's like a sadist, and he calls the girl a cunt or a bitch or a whore, and uh, while he's fucking her or something like that, but that she seemed to say that he was kind of like that, the scene wouldn't even call for it. That he just kind of got off on that, like uh, you know, like I said, kind of being you know, uh, kind of mean, uh, but not I don't know if she was saying like arrogance um, as a person when they're not doing a scene but it's from what this is just from what I remembered that it was more that he was and, and then I read an interview with her uh, after we did after I did the show last time and she said something about you know that he wasn't very perf- it, it was it wasn't as extreme as it was in her book that she was saying that he wasn't very professional and she didn't like working with him so I think what she was saying was listen you know okay this is acting you may have your kink but if it doesn't call for this in a scene then you know you pulling my hair or slapping my face or or choking me a little bit or whatever you know then and and I say I don't like it then I want you to stop or you shouldn't even be doing it to start with 
Um, said he died of a stroke at age 65 in 2010. 65 is not that old. But his name was John Leslie Nuzo, and he went by John Leslie. And uh, it says, after John Holmes, okay, along with Ron Jeremy, Jamie Gillis, John Holmes, and Harry Reams, Leslie was one of the most stalwart uh, stars of the uh, golden age of porn. It says, after uh, Holmes experienced setbacks due to drugs and legal problems, he inherited the mantle of porn industry's top male star. Talk dirty and talk dirty to me in 1980. He eventually starred in over 600 fucking porn movies uh, and then made the, uh, the uh, transition as a director. Let's see. He died of a stroke at age 65 in 2010. Uh, let's see what if it has anything else in here worth even looking at. I remember seeing him in a shitload of fucking movies. I mean, you know, he was kind of a sweaty guy. <laughs> there were certain guys that sweated a lot. There were certain, like Ashlyn Gear sweated a lot. Stacy Valentine sweated a lot. Which kind of looked, you know, it's like when the, you would see um, movies, uh, porn movies, where they put like baby oil all over like the girl or whatever, and it gives that real shiny, glistening look. It's kind of kind of nice. It's a little bit, you know, they get a little bit of sweat on their back when they're doing the doggy style or something, you know. Shiny, you know, like some shiny stuff. Like I think that's why people like uh, that latex stuff too. Is that you know, it's kind of got, it's kind of looks like a, like I've seen. I saw that Janine Linden Linden Mulder, or she was in Blondage. She was in a whole bunch of movies with that Julia Ann. They were like a team, and then she did her own thing. She was the one that they had the leaked porno of her and Vince Neil, and she was married to the motorcycle guy Jesse James. Hit him in the head with a fucking frying pan or something like that, um, but. Um, she was. They were talking about putting on these latex stockings. And, you know, latex is fucking rubber, but it's that thin rubber. And but a thing I saw in a movie one time is uh, with that shit. Other than just girls wearing it, it does look hot. Is um, depends on how far you go with it. Some of them, you know, where they put they put like a, a person in an entire latex bodysuit and then close the mouth off, and you get this. Uh, suffocation, claustrophobia kind of a thing. That's like an S&M thing. But like just you know, when they're wearing the outfits, it looks good. But I can't imagine like, you know, you take like a condom, how it smells, that rubber kind of fucking smell. But one of the things that I saw was that, that some of these, uh, like the, if the girl's a dominatrix or something like that, is having the guy, the schmo or whatever it is, the wimp, uh, they take like a... Um, armor all you know that you do your tires with or that you do like the dash or your card make it real shiny and you put that on that while they're they're wearing them like on like the thigh high latex stockings and put that on there and the girl lets them shine it up or or even if they have the the latex cat suit you know you get to shine up their ass like you're like you're buffing a fucking car But like I said, I can't imagine that that smells good. But uh, that one, the one Julia Ann that was, she does like MILF porn now. She's still good looking, you know, blonde. Yeah, one of those statuesque kind of 36, 24, 36 blondes. Uh, <coughs> but she was talking about putting on those. She said there's a secret to putting on that latex, and that's you have to put like baby powder on your skin. Because, you know, putting like fucking rubber on, you know, it, it's, it doesn't want to... You want it to be smooth or something. That's a little insight. So you can next time you put some latex on. Uh, what else was what was he in? I remember he was in Pretty Peaches. He played Desiree Cousteau's dad, 
And he had a beard in that. Like, there was a time where all of a sudden, John Leslie started wearing a full beard. And it was kind of weird, because in that movie, especially at the end, when they have this big orgy at the end, everybody, there's all these people having this orgy on these, like, mattresses, like, rubber-covered mattresses or something. And they're all covered in baby oil. It was funny, because the one girl's fucking eyelashes, she had fake eyelashes on her eyelash, one of them's fucking hanging halfway off, and they don't cut and fucking put it back on her. You know, it's just, it's it was, that's one, it's stupid because it's a porno movie. But back then, those movies actually had a storyline. Um, but I just remember that one girl, and she's getting screwed, and they're all covered in fucking baby oil from, like, fucking head to toe. And she's got this fucking big fake eyelash that looks like a big tarantula hanging off her eye halfway. Um, but he plays Desiree Cousteau's dad. And when they got all this baby oil on, he's got this fucking beard. And you just sit there. I don't know what it is. I just thought, man, it's almost like if you were in a porno movie and everybody's in a room that's 130 degrees fucking and you're wearing like a goddamn wool sweater. <laughs> no pants and a wool sweater. For some reason, that beard just, it just seemed weird. Um... It's like when Stallone would come out, and he's in all these movies, and then all of a sudden he's wearing a fucking beard. Um, okay, well, John Leslie appeared in some of the era's most noted porns, including with fellow Ohioan Tracy Lords. So he actually had sex with underage uh, women, which a lot of those guys, they didn't know. So you can't get them for, like, child molestation if the girl had a fucking ID that said she was 18 or however old she said she was. Oh, I just want to find some funny names of movies he was in. Most noteworthy roles were in Obsessed from 1977. I'll have to see if I can find some of the movie posters uh, of some of these. Desires with Young Girls, 1977. Uh, A Coming of Angels, 1977. Dracula Sucks, a.k.a. Lust at First First Bite. That's like the, wasn't that George Hamilton movie, Love at First Bite, where he played Dracula with a tan? Uh, So that was takeoff on that. So I guess they didn't want to put not love at first bite. So they put uh, Dracula sucks, lust at first bite. I think I saw that. That had Seika in it. She was beautiful. Uh, the Ecstasy Girls, 1979, Nothing to Hide, 1981, and Talk Dirty to Me, Part 2, 1982. Now, then you get into some of these other ones. So the first, uh, he was one of the first porn actors to make the transition, performing to directing. Now, what did he direct, Let's you ask? Uh, 1987's Night Shift Nurses. He directed 90 adult films, which was probably in like two weeks, uh, including The Chameleon. That had Ashlyn Gear in it. She was a good sweater. She was very hot, and she sweated. Uh, <laughs> Curse of the Catwoman. Didn't see that one. Dog Walker. That sounds like my kind of movie. Uh, from 1994, Drop Sex, 1997. Along with The uh, the Voyeur, Fresh Meat, and Crack Her Jack. Crack Her Jack. I don't know what that means is that that's like uh innuendo or metaphor crack her jack uh, he won many awards i can't believe i'm talking about this this is like fucking john leslie he is also john lester lenny kent john leslie dupre john leslie dupree uh louis t beagle he went by louis t beagle and louis t beagle and then john leslie and john leslie and Frederick Watson. He had a lot of different names. What a what a guy. Uh, let's see. Nineteen seventies. He was a vocalist and a harmonica player in the Brooklyn Blues Busters, a southeastern Michigan-based musical group, sometimes accompanying John Lee Hooker. That's kind of interesting. Um, backing a band of uh, for Victoria Spivey. I don't know her. I don't think. 
sometimes known as Queen Victoria, was an American blues singer and songwriter during a recording career that spanned 40 years from 1926 to the mid-1960s. She worked for Louis Armstrong, King Oliver, Clarence Williams, Louis Russell, Lonnie, so she worked with a whole bunch of people. So he, ba- it was in her backing band. That's kind of interesting, you know? You know, yeah, it's the thing. Well, and it says he was in the documentary um, uh, After the Porn Ends. I saw that. That was kind of a sad fucking show. Especially um, with some of the guys. Like I said, um, Randy West especially. It was kind of sad because he screwed all these women. And, you know, he said he really did like Christy Canyon and that they really had a connection and he really liked her and everything. But he kind of gave up the chance of being in a relationship with a nice person and actually having that companionship because he was in porn and he was screwing all these women and then you know when you're young you know you don't think about that you're partying and you're screwing any of these women that you want whenever you want as kinky as you can get and but then when you get older then you're all alone and you know and you're not doing that and it's not the it, sex doesn't mean as much as it did and you know, so it's kind of sad. And I remember even, I think, John Leslie, I remember at the end of that, it actually said that he had passed away. There's another documentary called X-Rated 2, The Greatest Adult Stars of Our Time, um, from 2016. But anyway, that's John Leslie. I brought him up last time, and they were talking about what a prick, Seika was talking about, you know, he was kind of a prick and kind of a jerk and everything. So anyway, I just looked at, I, for some reason, I thought I'd look him up and, you know, give you a little... Uh, some of you like the porn talk. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. What's this? Night Shift Nurses. Who was in that? Let me see. Uh, Lois Aries. I like her. I remember her. She was pretty. She was known for being pretty wild. She was in that uh, Devil and Miss Jones 2, which the Devil and Miss Jones with Georgina Spelvin was actually for, it was like a 70s porn movie back in like the deep throat days and behind the green door, but it was pretty good. It was, you know, it was a pretty hot movie, but it was a good, you know, like, what's a Georgina Spelvin look like? Somebody, like your mom's friend from next door or whatever when you were young. Uh, that was Jimmy Holiday. He did like a, he was writer with John Leslie. I remember Jim Holiday being like the producer or writer of a bunch of these. During one day, a hospital janitor gets caught by a head nurse peeping on others. Patient Jennifer later grabs him. Nurse, uh, nurses take advantage of a sleeping patient. A buxom nurse seduces a patient, and a nun is tricked into giving a last wish. Uh, Lo- Lois Aries, I always thought it was uh, Louise Ayers, or she probably had different names too, but it's Lois Aries. She, one reason I remember her was at one point when everybody had the like the Ginger Lynn hair, or the Farrah Fawcett hair, or whatever, she had a big fucking great big fucking blonde mohawk like Wendy O. Williams. <laughs> so she had this different look. She was kind of like a wild. And I think she was dating at one time Slash or somebody from like Guns N' Roses or something like that and he brought her... I know that... Um, I think Slash brought Savannah up on stage at, a, at a, like an MTV award show or some music show and you're like, Jesus Christ. But uh, also that Lois Aries, uh, one of those groups brought her up on stage on like mainstream tv you know what's this i remember the chameleon because i remember i thought no 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 not that's not uh um ashlyn gear that's uh tory wells tom byron he was always kind of a, i don't know he looked like a little douche but you know had a big old dick <laughs> i remember he dated he dated i think ginger lynn 
for a long time. They always did scenes together, and they were both like only like fucking 19, 20 years old or something. But they actually dated uh, for a long time. A female sex addict who has the ability to physically transform into any woman that any man she wants to seduce desires is asked by her understanding husband to stop cheating on him. She asks a psychiatrist for help. Hmm. Who else is in that one? Debbie Diamond was a big old long-legged... She looked like a volleyball player. She had small boobs, but she had real long legs. She squirmed a lot. I remember that. She was always squirming. Like She wouldn't lay still. and be like, God damn it, lay still. <laughs> Fuck it. Joey Silvera was kind of like a little douchebag. Richard Pacheco was kind of a douchebag. A lot of the guys back then, uh, Buck Adams, that was Amber Lynn's brother. I think he got her... Did he get her into porn or did she get him into porn? But he died. He died pretty young, too. I think he had... He, I don't know if he had AIDS or what he... Buck Adams was born in November 1955 in Chatsworth, California as Charles Stephen Allen. He was an actor and director. He married Aspen... Aspen Brock and Janet Little Dove. I remember hearing or seeing. I'm sure I saw her. Janet Little Dove. Uh, the trivia. Where's the trivia? Because I know that's Amber Lynn's. One of them got the other one into fucking porn. I think that he got his fucking sister into porn or something like that. God damn it. There's got to be something here. A lot of these, you know, you don't have anything. Brother of Amber Lynn. Trivia. Oh, dee, 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 dee. Quitting drugs and booze. Buck performed his life after joining, or reformed his life after joining AA. He's well liked in the industry, particularly by ladies who appreciated his gentlemanly way. See, now that's what I said. Like, you know, somebody commented on the um, group, you know, most of those guys were probably all pieces of shit and dicks, but when you, t- when you read interviews with the women in the porn movies, I mean, there were guys that were dicks, but there were guys that were they were really nice guys. I mean, not like trying to seduce them. They were just nice guys. And, and, and watch, um, like, Boogie Nights. If you watch that, like, the, all the guys in that weren't dicks. They were, a lot of them were really young and naive and, you know, super naive. Uh, they might have been in porn, but they didn't know shit about shit any more than any other fucking 18, 19, 20-year-old. Seeing that he was going nowhere in his life as a boxer and bouncer, his sister, Amber Lynn, got him into porn. She was in porn. She got her brother into porn. Uh, For months, they kept their relationship a secret until they were once to be matched in a scene. Then the truth came out. Buck's relationship with Amber bounces between not speaking and friendship. I don't know what he died of. Uh, He had a heart attack, it says. Oh, he had a near-fatal heart attack when he was relatively young. And I imagine that... uh, um, after having that, anytime you have a heart attack, whether it's even if it's mild, it damages your heart. So take that from somebody who knows. <laughs> oh, God, ten years or God, it's been over ten years now. Anyway, um, let's see. Anybody else in this? Victoria Paris. I kind of remember her. She was always in movies with Ashling Gear. I always wondered. There were always some some girls that like there there would be two of them, and they were always in movies together doing scenes. And some of them, I think like um, Gianna Fine and Savannah were actually a couple, and they did like scenes together. But there there were some like they actually became like couples in real life, like married uh, married couples or you know lived together as a couple. Uh, but anyway, yeah, a little bit of porn fucking talk. Why not throw it in there at the end? So if my mom's listening, she won't make it all the way to the end of a fucking three-hour show and have to listen to me talking about fucking porn. Talk Dirty to Me. Who's in that one? That was a song. Let's see who's in Talk Dirty to Me. 
Jesse St. James, John Leslie, and Juliet Anderson, Aunt Peg. That was an Anthony Spinelli movie. That's one of those ones Anthony Spinelli was like back. He would be like the, you know how Burt Reynolds was in Boogie Nights? Like Anthony Spinelli was like the, uh, like a, a real top porn uh, director. Uh, Sharon Kane, I remember her. Richard Pacheco. He was one of those ones that he, he was still making movies like two years ago and he's kind of fat and he plays the dad that's fucking the stepdaughter or the real daughter or whatever. Aunt Peg, she was always in a bunch of fucking movies. She was the one that, like, she was like the first MILF. Everybody else was, like, young and everything and she was, like, mid-30s, had the short kind of mom haircut but screwed everybody. Jesse St. James is always kind of hot. She was, like, a little itty-bitty titty committee chick but still, still kind of hot. Vista Valley PT. Aunt Peg's Fulfillment. <laughs> I love the names of these things. I just think they're funny. Uh, the continuing lustful sexual adventures of Hollywood producer Aunt Peg as she tries to continue with financing for her latest movie. I think I remember this one. This is when her her niece, who was her niece in this? Sharon Kane was her niece, came to visit her, her aunt, who was this big Hollywood movie producer or something. And so she's teaching her own niece the like you know to to who was a virgin how you know the how wild hollywood was she takes him over to john holmes's fucking apartment and they bang the shit out of her her own aunt <laughs> and john holmes is like her first her first sex and he's got a dick as big as my fucking arm uh, what are you gonna do <laughs> with ants like that you know what are you gonna do uh swedish erotica those were always a hoot the boxes of those you can find those on like google uh, image some of those are pretty good. Uh, anyway, I'm going to get off here. Let's see how, what, how much time we've been into this crap. Three hours and 15 minutes. I think that's enough for you lads to tide you over in the new year. We've got a Christmas show we uh, I put out. This is New Year's Eve. i got to work tonight, of course. Uh, and you got a fucking show to listen to while you're... Oh, what do you guys do when you listen to the show? You like the long ones because, uh, you know... Something to listen to. Keep you awake while you're working or walking or sitting on the subway or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but let's say, wait a minute. I asked for some feedback, and I hate to say that and then not fucking look. Not even look, even though it's 315. We usually go three and a half. <laughs> That's a stupid fucking group. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's not true. I know Morrison in the feedback. I saw him. Old Mo. He cried, mo, mo, mo. He's from Australia. <laughs> so you guys can go hunt him up. <laughs> I get on here and I fucking, I think sometimes people think I'm on drugs. Um, let's see. Maurice says, have you ever watched much in the way of silent films? If so, what do you recommend? Um, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And, um, oh, what's the fucking other one, um, that I love? Shit. Um, the Dr. Mabusa movies. I like those. The, the one, the, um, the, um, uh, Dr. Mabusa, the gambler, it's on YouTube. I think it's like four hours long. Uh, the reason I got into that, that one, is I think I was listening to it might have been Projection Booth podcast because they always you know they cover stuff pretty in depth uh, and uh, I mean they actually plan out a show unlike some people I know um, 
but that one I really like that one I have a, a, a set of Charlie Chaplin uh, movies and you can't go wrong with Charlie Chaplin or of course Buster Keaton but my preference and 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 I'm trying to think of any other ones that I have watched I haven't watched a lot of uh, silent movies but uh, uh, Dr. Mabusa and I think there's more than one of those but I, I just remember Dr. Mabusa the gambler and if you get a chance listen to the show I, I'm pretty sure it was Projection Booth Podcast I think where they covered and they talked about um, that and there was another one where it was uh, the uh, let's see the, about the the, the uh, was like the silent movies um there was a guy there was one um the um silent movie and okay there's Dr. Caligari I've got that Dr. Mabusa the Gambler there was one that was it was like a these are the kind I like about like the guy that's like the master criminal or Dr. Caligari is like a he's like a fucking criminal is like hypnotized and have like a a, a um uh, almost like a zombie-like guy that he has go out and do his bidding. Um, I like those kind of like a criminal mastermind kind of uh, movies like that. Uh, but there was one, uh, and I think they covered it on Projection Booth, that was like a master criminal um, type guy, and that the, his character was the name of the movie. Let me see if I can find it. Um, That are because I mean it's easy to find the you know the uh, shit. Of course, the lodger I've seen that one. That's and I've seen like two or three remakes of that. Uh, um, the, it's called uh, uh, Phantomus. F A N T O M A S. Phantomus. Uh, and the one, of course, the Fritz Lang movies like um, oh uh, the goddamn what's the fuck I'm on the <laughs> robot shit Metropolis. Um, like I said, I I, I I couldn't tell you the names of the Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin fucking movies, but I all of those are funny, uh, and they're, they're so talented and all the stunts and stuff they do. The Hands of Orlock, uh, Phantomus has uh, uh, there's like pro, there's several of those different ones, and again that's one of those ones that um, uh, that's one thing about Projection Booth podcast. They'll take a movie. Uh, or a director, or, or, or like I said, with these uh, Doctor Mabusa, there's different, several, I think, different ones of that one. Uh, but uh, uh, the, they'll, you know, talk about um, in depth about the movies because some of these I've never heard of. And and to be honest with you, you have to be in a real um, mood or whatever for me. This is me uh, to watch a silent movie. Uh, number one. Um, like anything else these days, it's easy to have your iPad sitting on your lap and you're half paying attention to what the fuck you're watching and shit instead of giving it your full and undying attention. That's why I like going to the theater because you're sitting there, you can't fucking take out your phone, you can't take out an iPad, and you're watching a fucking movie. Now, if the movie sucks, you're sitting there looking at your watch and thinking, God damn, man, this sucks. I want to get up and just run out of here. Uh, but uh, I like to Dr. Mabusa, Phantomus, and uh, The Lodger. Uh, and if you're familiar with that, I don't want to say 
but it's if you're not familiar with it, they've remade that about three or four times in, in uh, talkies, uh, even up to the modern era. I saw one with uh, Simon, uh, what the fuck is his name? God damn it. He was on a TV show. I like Ooh, 2000. Simon Baker, I think, is the one I'm thinking of. Uh, but it's been remade 1944, 2009, uh, 1927. Anything with Fritz Lang is always going to be good. Uh, let's see. Let's get back over here to the questions. Thank you for the com- uh, for the question, Maurice. Uh, you son of a bitch, you motherfucker. Uh, Rolf comes through with some questions. Um, as I'm still trying to reach 100 exploitation flicks, give me some recommendations. Maybe some obscure ones. As I hope I have seen most of the well-known titles. Goddamn obscure ones. Ugh. Um, the ones that I've seen. See, I, I got right on here before you guys started asking questions or I would have already had this all this shit put up. Because uh, I put it out and I started recording and then I... And you guys start sending in the questions after I had already started. Uh, let's see. What do I got here? I mean, like you said, you probably... Uh, what ones did you say? Okay, what ones have I... Number one, the newest one that I just saw from 2018, and I did see this in the theater, is the remake of Superfly. It was pretty good. Um, it wasn't bad for a, for a newer movie, if you want to see some, a new one. Um, sweet, Sweet Back's Badass Song. That was Mario Van People's Dad. I like that one. It was not as good as Shaft. I like Shaft is top of the line for me. Black Belt Jones. Uh, Black Yellow is pretty good for you know a horror movie. Um, and of course, um, Goddamn Dolomite. You know that's always funny. Foxy Brown. God damn it. Oh what a. Oh, I just watched that to see fucking Pam Grier's how beautiful she is and her big tits. Jesus Christ, that was fucking good. Um, Let's see. They remade... Uh, well, it's not actually a remake. Badass from 2003 is Mario Van Peoples. It, he's playing his dad. It's He's playing his dad. It's the story of their, of his dad uh, making movies, making that movie and everything. JD's Revenge, which I think you said you just saw. I really like that one. That was a good Halloween movie. Um, Spook Who Came to the Door was good. Gentleman's Guy covered that one, and I finally saw it and liked that one. Cross 110th Street... We reviewed that one on the show. That was good. Black Caesar. I like the Fred Williamson. I like Black Caesar. And um, the uh, sequel to that. Uh, let's see. Black Mama, White Mama. I just watched that not that long ago. That was a good one. And that one had Sid Haig in it. Uptown Saturday Night is Bill Co- You know, I hate, God damn it. I was just going to say. I like, and I still like the movie. But the, those two movies, Uptown Saturday Night, and let's do it again with uh, Sidney Poitier and Bill Cosby back, you know, when Bill Cosby was the shit and before all the stuff came out. Those are good movies, man. Those are those are really good movies. They're funny. Uh, you get a, a feel for the, the, the time and the era. And they were really good. Well, we watched that when I was in college. Uh, they finally came out on uh, VHS. And I remember my friend Jim and I watching those and just laughing our asses off. Uh, Three the Hard Way. That's Jim Brown and um, uh, what's his face? Black Belt Jones. <laughs> God damn it. I fucking draw on a blank this late in the fucking show. Jim Kelly, Fred Williamson, and... It's not Jim Brown. Is I think it is Jim Brown, isn't it? Three the Hard Way. Three the Hard Way sounds like one of those 
double penetration with double anal that I watched this week. Man, I'm telling you what. Let me tell you something about the human body, people. It's very stretchy in places. Uh, Cotton Comes to Harlem is a good one. Awesome. Uh, of course, Human Tornado is a Dolomite. Uh, Willie Dynamite. I think I saw that. Was that the one where the, they were Vietnam guys and they go down south? Black Belt Jones I really like. That was good. Let's go get some McDonald's. <laughs> Truck Turner's good. I didn't see Black Shampoo. Uh, Legend of Nigger Charlie. I'm not sure if I saw that or not. Did we cover that? Oh, no. We we covered... Uh, they called him balls. They called him balls. Balls nigger. Uh, scream Blackula Scream. I saw Blackula, but I did not see Scream Blackula Scream. Sheba Baby did not see that, but anything with Pram Greer is going to be good because she was hot. I loved Shaft in Africa. That's a good one if you haven't seen it. I like Shaft's big score. I liked all three of the Shaft movies Hell Up in Harlem and um, uh, what's the goddamn other Fred Williamson I just said? Black Caesar and Hell Up in Harlem are both awesome, excellent. Uh, let's see. Slaughter is good, and Slaughter's big ripoff. That's Jim Brown. He always kicks an ass, and he's he is a man. <laughs> Black Gun is good too. That's uh, uh, Jim Brown. Can't go wrong with Fred Williamson. You can't go wrong with uh, Jim Brown, Jim Kelly, Richard Roundtree. I mean, those were the fucking that's the goddamn uh, fucking Mount Rushmore of um, black exploitation movies, and and throw Dolomite up there. So you got five. I mean that's 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 some shit. Uh, that's like I said, most of the stuff I've seen Rolf is is the mainstream, you know, or I shouldn't say mainstream, but the the, the well known ones. Um, I've seen some and they can't can't don't come to mind where they were like those movies I talked about that were drive-in movies that disappeared and I found them on YouTube. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember the names of them, but some of them were pretty shitty. Um, and do the same for Jolly. That would be Loaf's Department or Large William because I am not a fan of seeing girls get stabbed and the knife going into their stomach and the super red blood coming out. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I never have been into the uh, Suspiria. I like that. We covered that on the show. Dress to Kill, of course, that's more of a modern one with Angie Dickinson. My, my cocaine, I like that one a lot. Um, what else have I seen? I, I'm very Bird of Crystal Plumage. We covered that on the show, but I am definitely not the person to ask about Jolly. New York Ripper, I want to see that one. Um, Don't torture a duckling, I want to see because that has um, Thomas Tomas Millian in it, and I've been wanting to see that, but I haven't pulled the trigger on it. Uh, Tenebrae, I have not seen that one. Oh, what's else? What else we got here? Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I just have not seen that many. And um, it's not something that I really seek out because it's not my kind of thing. The ones I've seen are okay, but uh, I don't know if you frenzy. That's a Hitchcock. That's I, I guess it could be considered sort of jolly but you know will and loaf would know more about this so i can go through all these fucking ones here looking and uh, i've seen about a handful 
and the you know you've seen more than I have seen. Um, oh, and I dug into some sleaze. What are your most memorable sleazy watches? No porn. Oh, what was the one I was just talking about that was real super sleazy? Oh, that one with Tom Berenger and fucking uh, Billy D. Williams. Um, that was super sleazy. Fear City uh, and... Oh, what's her name? Sleazy, sleazy, sleazy. Rest his head on a pillow made of concrete. Chained heat is sleazy. Anything with Linda Blair after The Exorcist, you got a good shot of it being sleazy in one way or another. Savage Streets was fucking awesome. That's some sleaze, and that was fucking awesome. Um, but like she would do those movies like uh, where she'd get put in a girl's fucking prison and they shoved a fucking broom handle up her hoochamacooch. Um, what was that one called? That wasn't it wasn't scared straight. Born innocent. Okay, yeah, that was sleazy. Uh let me look here. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. This might be another one where I it's hard to remember Euros trash and sleazy movies. <laughs> oh, Good, good, good. They're fun, but man, I can't fucking remember off the top of my head. Baby, let me look up here and see if I can find something that nothing rolls. Um. I don't like them. I spit on your grave movie. I like that kind of shit. That's sleazy as fuck. You know, the ones about the girl down the block or something where they take them out in the woods, rape the fucking shit out of them, and, you know, treat them like shit and beat them to death. And, uh. I like sleazy movies that have like, what's the one where um, the the chick fucking takes the dildo and shoves it up the guy's asshole? <laughs> there it is. Um, what's that fucking movie called? Crimes of Passion. Yeah, fucking takes a big old wanker and fucking dildo and gives somebody the old poop fucking whatever you want to call it. Uh, James Spader is in like lots of he's sleazy in himself in some movies. Um, oh my gosh, Euro trash and sleaze films. God, people, you're driving me crazy, like no one else. <laughs> oh, we reviewed some. I like nun exploitation. Some of that's sleazy. I like movies that have incest and nuns fucking. Killer Nun. We watched that. I think we watched that, didn't we? About the lesbian nuns. I love lesbian nuns. I like movies where the devil uh, makes people do shit that they normally wouldn't do. Like, I even like in um, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where Gabriel Byrne was the devil and he made the the mother, the father, and the daughter have sex. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like, fuck, man. It's kinda, devil's a fucking weird motherfucker. <laughs> Belle du Jour. I found a Belle du Jour Italian. Okay, you had Belle du Jour, which is a regular movie, and it's pretty sleazy for, you know, just a, a regular movie. But I found a Belle du Jour Italian porn movie, and it was like that, the same story as Belle du Jour. Let me look at it. 
but it was hardcore fucking porn, and it was good. <laughs> Belle du Jour, 1967. Catherine Deneuve. Ugh. The only thing I didn't like about that was when the, the husband fucking tied her to a tree and threw, like, cow pies at her. Threw, like, shit. Cow shit and horse shit at her. She's too pretty for that, man. Her hair is so beautiful. Oh, my God. Look at that hair. Fuck. Um, but this... What was that woman's name? I I was, I was going to say... And I can't remember chained he let's see and it, with those movies with the uh, what's her name that was married to Stallone with the the flat ass but the, she was like an Amazon with them great big tits and she was Dolph Lundgren's wife in um, in that Rocky movie she was in some sleazy fucking movies and and I like the um, the ones with what's her face Ilsa and all the ones that she was in those are sleazy as fuck. Uh, I like watching uh, Diane Thorne just fucking be a big-titted, fucking nasty, mean person to other girls in a sexy way. Not a sexy way. Like, sadistic, but still in a sexy way. She had big tits. Anyway, um, we got to move on from that, Rolf. Sleaze is just all over the place with me. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones that were just, like, really sleazy. There was one with Tom Berenger... Well, no, I talked about that one. Because that was the one where Billy D. Williams stood with his legs real far apart shooting and Melanie Griffith had her tits out all the time. Um, hardcore is fucking sleazy with uh, George C. Scott. Anything where you're talking about the fucking 52 pickup with Roy Scheider and Ann Margaret's big boobies was sleazy. That was when Ann Margaret was getting older. But, man, she had some big jugs. I found a porn chick that had looked like, kind of like Ann Margaret, too, that's a MILF. I wish I could remember what the name of that lady is. That was in those that fucking Belle du Jour, because I'm telling you what, people. You look up classic German, Italian or French porn, classic Italian, French or German porn, and it's all in. Well, not for Rolf. He's fucking German, and he probably speaks French and everything else. But none of it's in English. But some of those are the hottest fucking movies. I mean, he said not non-porn, but these are fucking porn movies. But man, they fucking make good porn movies. <laughs> okay, sleazy watches. God damn it! I wish I would have got these questions earlier. I would have, you know. But like I said, I mean, shit. Now we're uh, we're at three hours and thirty-five minutes. Okay. Oh, and as the year ends today, give us your top five of two thousand eighteen. You son of a bitch! I should never ask you for fucking questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Let me look here. What did I watch that was good? I got to get a reference here a little bit because my memory's going turning to shit. I can remember stuff, but like just off the top of my head, not like I used to. Okay, let's see my top ones. Let me just okay. I will tell you ones that I was a little bit disappointed in, uh, like you know these, um, what you call it, uh, superhero movies like Black Panther. I like the guy that plays Black Panther, and I like some of that movie, but I didn't think that was that good. I didn't walk out. Uh, the theater with a big boner for that one. Same with Avengers Infinity War. That was too much in one movie, and it was just kind of blah. <coughs> Black Klansman, I didn't think that was that good. I watched it. I wanted to like it. I wanted to love it, but I watched it, and I was like, man, that wasn't that good. And I like Spike Lee. Annihilation, I really liked that one. That was just kind of weird. It was it was creepy, and it, 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 it made... It felt just... Um, so weird and you know just I don't know it just kind of uh, and I like Natalie Portman she's very tiny 
<laughs> Venom, I didn't like that one that much. The Tom Cruise uh, Mission Impossible movie, eh. it was it was it was good, but I mean it wasn't like great. Uh, what else do we got here? I wish my goddamn, I wish I could bring up my shit. Uh, Deadpool two was fucking funny as hell, and it was good. Uh, oh, Isle of Dogs, that would be on my list. That might be up number one. I loved that movie, and and uh, that one touched me, touched my heart. Um, I like Solo with, uh, what's his face? Han Solo. <laughs> so I didn't go to the theater that much. Like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Old Man and a Gun. I saw Mandy. I don't know if I would put that at the top of my list or not. Let me keep looking here. Let me keep looking. See if I find anything else that I... See, man, there was a lot of shit out that wasn't... Isle of Dogs was great. Um, bing, 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 ding, 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 ding. Crazy Chester followed me, and he caught me in the fog. He said, I will fix your raft if you take Jack my dog. I said, wait a minute, Chester, you know I'm a peaceful man. Okay, that's enough of that shit. (laughs) He said, that's okay, won't you? Eh, Whatever, let's see. Okay, 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 now I have a a better list here. Proud Mary, what the fuck was that? Proud Mary, keep on pointing. Den of Thieves, that would not be in my top list, but I liked it. Uh, Cloverfield Paradox, I saw that. Still not in my top list. Isle of Dogs is still in my top. Annihilation probably would be in there. Are we talking? Did we say top five? Red Sparrow, you guys hated that and I liked it. And Jennifer Lawrence, man, she got in there fucking be naked and all that shit. And, you know, you sent me to horror school. I, oh, Death of Stalin's number one. Isle of Dogs, number two. Uh, okay, wait a minute. I gotta write this down. Death. <laughs> See, here's the thing, people. Uh, my iPad is still fucking coming back up, and I have, like, if I... All the movies that I really like from this year, I bought, but I can't get on there and find it. And if I bring it up on my fucking shitty, slow-ass um, uh, la- or uh, uh, fucking desktop here, it'll slow everything down and fuck everything up. So, uh, Or I'd be able to go through these real quick. Okay, and then in April we have Beirut. I saw that. That was, I mean, that wasn't that good. John Hamm's good, but he needs to pick better stuff. Uh, see, I have to keep talking because we're on a show. <laughs> I can sing. I'm not going to sing anymore. Okay. Death of Stalin, Isle of Dogs. God, I gotta scroll faster, baby. Baby, let me tell you something, Daddy. You gotta keep scrolling to get to the bottom. What month am I on here? Uh, Spy who dumped me. I didn't see that. Black Klansman should have been in there, but it wasn't. I didn't like that one that much. I thought it was not that good. Mile 22, I'm not gonna watch that. Papillon was average. The Nun. That one's, the trailer scared me of that one, but I like nuns that are fucking better than nuns that are killing. Even nuns that are killing, as long as they're hot with big tits. Hot nuns are hot. <laughs> hot nuns are hot. Oh, God, there's got to be something else in here. Maybe this year sucked. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to start calling you Ralph. <laughs> See, I, the only reason I said that is because I have to make noise. <laughs> now, come on. There's got to be more than this. But See, okay, I'm already to December. Uh, Black Mirror. See, I've been watching that Black Mirror show. Dark Mirror? Dark Mirror? That's a good show. I didn't see Vice. I want to see that, but I haven't seen it yet. I didn't go to the theater that much. And when I did, I saw fucking Superfly. <laughs> and that stupid fucking John Hamm movie where they played tag. That was horrible. I got up and walked out of that. God damn. There's... So maybe there wasn't that many good movies. Because I don't see that much in here that's fucking like some big old fucking Dick Jackin movie. Okay, so I guess maybe I, I might have to fucking throw like Han Solo and uh, some of that shit in there. Okay. Uh, you know, if I got to go buy what's what fucking came out here, like Deadpool 2, I guess. You know, and I'm not that fucking great about I mean, maybe there's some on here that, you know, these are just the mainstream ones, I guess. So there's probably more that I'm just, you know, um, that I should have, but. I don't have the list in front of me, and I'm sure if I had a list of every fucking movie, we'd be on here forever. Mandy, maybe? I don't know even about that. This wasn't a very good year, I don't think. Here comes the study of a hurricane. The man the authorities came to blame for something that he never done. Christ, I fucking could put some of the ones I fucking was just talking about on there better than some of this shit. Fucking Taboo or something. K Parker. <laughs> uh, American Animal was good. I'll put that on there. I just watched that one and that was really good. Animal. I don't know if that was this year or not. I think it was. It was in the new releases, I believe. Uh, what else we got here? Street Smart. That was old. John Leslie, along for the ride. It was a good documentary. Uh, Replican, American Animal. Okay, okay. So let's see. Okay. Or the Steel wasn't fucking good enough to fucking put on there. What did I have from last week on the son of a bitch list? Jesus Christ. Uh, Assassin's Code, Godless, Disclosure, The Exorcist, Nickel Ride. I was just talking about a bunch of shit last time. That show sucked. Should have fucking just ditched that son of a bitch. All right. Well, okay. Let's see. Um, Man, there wasn't there wasn't that much fucking good shit out. This is this is this is making the end of the show fucking just turn to total shit. Hotel Artemis, I liked Hotel Artemis. You guys didn't like that one. I really liked that one. Um, so I'll put Death of Stalin, Isle of Dogs, Deadpool Two, uh, American Animals, and uh, fucking that one I was just talking about. What did I just say? I'd shock you if I put fucking Superfly on there. Hotel Artemis. I liked that one. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think some of you guys watched it and didn't think it was that great. But I didn't think... I mean, it wasn't great, but I had a good time with it. I want to buy it. Um, the Meg. The Meg was entertaining. I enjoyed that one. Okay, I'm going to get off here. Rol- or get off that question. Rolf, you're killing me. Can you make it a top ten? God, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry, Corey. That was a joke, sort of. <laughs> no, I cannot make it a top ten. There wasn't ten good movies. Throw Mandy in there somewhere. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and throw in some top first-time watches of the year. We're gonna Loaf and I are gonna have to get together, and these questions. We're just gonna make a show. We're gonna do our top. 
10 of the year our favorite Jolly, our favorite sleazy ones we will take these questions right here and we're going to do a fucking year-end show i didn't plan on doing a year-end show i'm going to drag that son of a bitch by his mustache on here and we're going to do a fucking year-end review because you guys asked for it and it's going to come after the first of the year so there like the gentleman's guide to midnight cinema adios (laughs) and i mean it bye